I'ma say what I feel And I promise to keep it real Welcome to the Red Room Diminishing the doubts are behind ya It's hard to grind in the business Got me stressed in the rent room We let that shit up off our chest You know the street nerd has got no time for no caca Sass in class, yes that's Mr. Bolakaja Never have to guess when you're listening to Hilliard He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards It's all about the crap of screenwriting It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening Your pen and words are like bullets in a gun Write what you feel, say what you want Welcome to the Rant Room. What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Hilliard Guest, and you guys are listening to the Screenwriters Rant Room. We'll keep it real. we keep it opinionated. we keep it what, Chris? Wakanda, Wakanda forever. forever. Yeah. <laughs> On this show, we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture, but our focus is always screenwriting, stories, craft, and shit like that. So, you see, I got my man in the house. Chris Derrick, who just did three episodes by himself. I know, man. It's Solo crazy. episodes, it's bottle crazy. episodes, Mr. It's Pimp crazy. Dog himself. <laughs> it's crazy. It was I, good. I mean, apparently, you know, a, a lot people of people, like it, a lot people, of people like did like it. So I was, I had no idea people would. I just was like, all right, you know, they just, but whatever, it was fun. It was, it was good. good. It was, it was good. a good challenge for you too to do mm-hmm. by yourself and mm-hmm. see how it all rolls. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know that I would want to do them, but. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's you funny. Speak, it's, it's, it's funny because. Uh, <laughs> after I did the first one, I went to see some movie at the theater, right. Dry's Girl Theater, and like four people were like, "Man, I love that thing that you did." And I was like, "People, I didn't even know." Right. Just walking by, and I was like sitting down, like, "Man, that was great. That was great." And I was like, "Okay, okay, <laughs> thank you. I did, you know, okay." Yeah, we have a lot of people listen to the show, you know, um, um, which which made me think about, well, maybe I do like a little. That's what I got. That's what I kept getting like a little longer because I was like. I, I felt I, I felt I just was gonna do like you know like five or ten minutes at mm-hmm. first because uh, you know that's how a lot of people do those little filming episodes. Mm-hmm. But then you know things sort of happening. I just sort of said, <laughs> his well, list started getting longer about it. Like it was talking. The first was 50, 20 minutes, and it was like forty minutes. Last one was like an hour, and I was like, I can't. Believe, I was gonna cut it off and like we edited it, but I didn't. So nah, it was fine. It was yeah. Fine. Well, thank you, Chris. We appreciate you keeping that going. No problem. That was awesome. No problem. Um, so if you guys are grown, let's go ahead and get to the show. So today we got one of the OGs in the house. Yes, I call you that out of respect. <laughs> Roberto Monroe, you guys. Uh, director, writer, author, instructor, consultant. Am I? I'm sure yeah, you absolutely. got nine more yeah. hyphens up in there, right? Soon to be podcast <laughs> host, yes. Oh, you supposed to do a podcast too? Okay, mm-hmm. we have to get into that too. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is that yeah. what you're doing with the event? No. Okay. Uh, the, what I'm doing with Yvette is the writer's room, 5015. Oh, right, right, right. right. Mm. Okay, good. Awesome. Yes. Awesome. So, welcome to the show. Thank you. Yeah, we appreciate to have you. to be here. Yeah. So, we were talking earlier offline about how we got her on the show. Right. Why don't you remind the audience how that happened? Uh, so, Carl Seaton, big fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, big great, bro. Big bro. Great, you know, inspiration. Again, Carl, I want to thank you for the advice you gave me before I shot the uh, the web series we did a couple yeah, weeks ago. Uh, this is very helpful. Um, but he was like, you got to get Roberta on the show. And I was like, of course. How can we get, make I this happen? I was like, yeah, she all right. I mean, yeah. At first, I thought he was just suggesting it. Like, mm-hmm. hey, can you call? And I, then he was like, here's the intro. And I was like, awesome. Mm-hmm. So it's good to have you on. Okay. Yeah, no, it, was, it was very fast. I just saw him the day before at a baby shower. A baby shower, really? <clears throat> He's like, okay. oh, I got to get you on the show. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, well, 
yeah, email me. Because, yeah, you know, people awesome. say stuff all the time. Yeah. Like, Carl. Well, Carl was... He followed through. He followed, he followed he through. through. Carl Very walks sure. the yeah. walk. He yeah. sure does. Indeed. So, wait, was, so was it his wife's baby showers that were just No, it was my friend, and you guys probably know, Anselm Richardson, yeah. and yeah. his wife, mm-hmm. Lauren, their baby shower. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. She over there rolling with the big dogs. Look at her. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I know Anselm for like 20 years now, so right. we were little dogs back in the day. Little dogs. <laughs> 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 we were rescue dogs back in the day. Yes. Wow. <laughs> That's I love it. I love it. Cool. Well, thanks again, Carl. We appreciate you, and uh, we gotta have you back when you when you're back in yes, town. Yes, we love you, Carl. Like, like he' busy being a director or something. You know, mm-hmm. he ain't got What's no job. Doing? He ain't doing that. No job. <laughs> trying to go to Atlanta when he can. Uh, what is that about? You know, good as well. <laughs> he in Rio chilling. He ain't doing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, welcome to the show, Roberta. We appreciate it. Thank um, you. So let's go back. Tell everybody where you're from. You're starting to tell us offline, like where you grew up and where you're from. Well, originally I'm from Toronto. Okay. And my parents, um, my entire family. Is from Nova Scotia, mm-hmm. so hear that black folks do live in Nova Scotia, y'all. Well, listen, right. that was like the end of the <laughs> Underground Railroad. Remember, yes, it was like yes. a huge black population <laughs> right. in Nova Scotia, and um, then I moved from Toronto to New York, and then from New York to here in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. and I've been here for about almost twenty years. Did you were you always in the industry as you were coming up, or did it did it? How did you get into? The industry on this side. After all the illegal activities. Yeah, you know she was out there doing her uh, thizzle. Oh. We saw you with Ray Ray and them. We got the video tape. <laughs> got a rap sheet that she's you know paid for to be expunged. Mug shot. <laughs> you know, I take care to take care of Pisces. So um, let's see. Have I? I know I've been in the industry for about a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, 23 years? 28 years? Okay. Mm-hmm. I think 28. I'm 53. She ain't but 19. She's trying to. Uh, she I'm a vampire, too. Look at her. Still looking 20. Look at her. I see you. Well, listen, that, that's all about Nova Scotia. Yeah, that's a Scotia yeah. in of me. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's see. I think, yeah, I was like 25 when right. I started at Inside Out, um, which is the Lesbian and Gay Film Festival in Toronto. Mm-hmm. And then I went to work corporate at Viacom Canada where I worked with Helga Stephenson and she was like a mentor like huge she's Mm -hmm. a big um, OG in Mm -hmm. Canada in the film industry and she got me a job at TIFF so I worked at TIFF Toronto right yeah Toronto International and Mm -hmm. so I worked there for a couple of years uh, running the press and industry screenings so that's where you kind of get to know meet everybody everybody meet everybody And with that knowledge, I moved to New York, and I worked at, um, I programmed No Borders at IFP. That's good. Okay. Um, I like ran the box office and volunteers and stuff at New Fest, which mm-hmm. is the Lesbian and Gay Film Festival mm-hmm. in New York. Mm-hmm. That's like our outfest out here. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's totally, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And um, I also like ran a very she-she gay boy bar. <laughs> oh, okay. Because maybe I was slightly. She's like, I know where the money is at, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In the East Village at Starlight. And um, it was, that sounds like a movie right there. I love it. It wasn't. Oh, believe me. So many stories came out of that bar. Um, and then I broke up with my girlfriend. Mm. It was a terrible breakup. There's a lot of chaos. Mm-hmm. And my good friend Shari Freelo 
said to me, why don't you come to Los Angeles? Just like come for six months. And I really didn't yeah. like it here because, you know. Nobody you, from the East Coast. Nobody. Like, exactly. You come from Toronto and New York. You're like, L.A. <laughs> no. Oh, really? Do it, right. Hate place? everything about it. Mm-hmm. Everything closed at eight o'clock. <laughs> yeah, good, everybody's smiling. I want to say hi to you. Yeah. No. I don't want to go to that. Don't speak. Don't speak, bitches. (laughs) (laughs) Not to me. Yes. (laughs) So I said, um, as the chaos grew in New York, um, I said, sure. I said, you know what? Okay, six months. I'm I'm down for six months. And so I took a job at Outfest for Mm -hmm. a six month contract to run the festival. Mm -hmm. So to sort of like be it's, you know, oversee the festival. Mm -hmm. And um, and that summer I got hired at Sundance. And so six months turned into 19 years now. What? Yeah. But you know, initially, like I would go back to New York, like when I first got here, I got here in February. Right. And I would like go back to New York like every three weeks. Like Pamela. <laughs> I would like, <laughs> yeah. I would, like Ooh, I gotta get out of here. Yeah, and yeah. I would go back to New York and I, but then you know, slowly, like LA just did it. It's mm-hmm. like eat you alive, right? You know what it's it is? Like, it's that sound. It's the it's the sun get you, seventy degrees, seventy degrees, sunny. <laughs> vitamin D hit yeah. the skin. Look, look. look, if you come out here in February from New York, right. means you just like you just brushed off December and January. <laughs> yeah. You know what? You know what? I don't. I mean, You're yes, like, it's a little chilly here, below, but it's not nearly <laughs> or as chilly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It rained when I first got here, which was I was like. Where's the sun? I thought it was supposed to be hot and warm, but whatever. You said it was February? Yeah, that'll get See, you. See, you know, but see, so 20 years ago, but 20 years ago when it was raining in February, you, that would be really drenchous. Right, you right. know, you'd be like, mm-hmm. what is this? Shit. Uh, and now maybe you get that thing. Yeah, water mains breaking, mm-hmm. yeah. freeways yeah. closed down. Crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then, I mean, by the end of it, I'm like getting out at LaGuardia, mm-hmm. but like probably in May, June, like, it stinks here. <laughs> <laughs> smells like piss and cigarettes and, like, was that a cat or a rat and all these fucking people in my way and what's got schlepping in and blah blah where's my car where's my right. backyard where's yeah, my right. You know? right if I have to wait for another train if yeah I to, mm, uh, that's not coming or yeah. this is closed down yeah. I gotta walk back upstairs no so yeah and plus you know I think that once I started at Sundance that then I stayed on and I did another year of Outfest mm-hmm. and then I did five years at Sundance and by that point I'm completely entrenched in yeah. the, Let me ask you the a world here. Yeah. When you guys are at Sundance, how many months are you out? Uh, are you there? It depends on what <clears throat> department you work in. Okay. And I think that uh, initially, you know, like generally speaking, I think that in the programming department you're working for six months okay. full time mm-hmm. and then maybe four months part time you know, sort of like prorated mm-hmm. because you're going to festivals, you know, after the festival's over, you're in Berlin. And you got to curate. You got you to curate mm-hmm. and watch stuff at other places. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I'm, I mean, I'm not certain what they do right now, but that's essentially what most festivals do right. when you have such a big staff yeah. that's only really working full time for six months. Right. right. So. But, but, but see, that's during the time that like, you know, like Sundance was huge in the 90s, obviously. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there was a lot more type of like outreach type programming from the, uh, you know, there's more stuff going on, you know, I think like if I remember, there's kind of like, even now there's all these kind of like events that like there's the Sundance labs and things Mm -hmm. like that. that weren't always there. I mean, they had some, they're bigger now. There's Mm -hmm. TV stuff is part of that. So there's a lot more too, but but I guess that's not always the programming. That's just like the, the, the organization itself has gotten larger. Right. Yeah. Well, you remember that it's twofold, right? So the umbrella is, the Sundance Institute that mm-hmm. 
<clears throat> hosts the festival, right? Mm -hmm. That puts on the festival. And the festival is, of course, the largest project of the Institute. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, just recently they added um, Adam Montgomery, who's been there for almost as long as I was there. So, I mean, since I was there. And he's got the episodic section mm -hmm. up now. They sort of the next section. There's mm -hmm. a lot. I mean, I think that if you're looking to get into festivals mm -hmm. in 2019, well, it's soon to be 2020, there's a lot of really innovative stuff that's happening yeah, all sure. over the world mm -hmm. that, mm -hmm. you know, you just have to look. You really can have a specific dream in mind mm -hmm. and find that place to submit your work to. Yeah, you know, like a year ago, I was working with, um, what's her name? I don't know. I wasn't I forget there. her name. Now. Uh, <laughs> Maria, Maria, Elena, Maria. Oh, Maria Rodriguez. Yeah, Maria Rodriguez. And and we and we were talking with a woman who uh, does these international festivals. And I put together this 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 circular chart of like all the festivals and where yeah. they are in the world. And yes. you know, from like the Busan one to mm -hmm. you know, there's so many. And like you said, if you have a type of film that you're doing or something like that, there is a place that you can go and really like maximize your exposure sure. it doesn't have mm -hmm. to be these ones that you know but obviously you know berlin sundance T toronto and and uh Austin, and con are like mm -hmm. the big ones you want to go to but that's not where you can be you know like be limited to you know yeah. so yeah and even if you don't have a project i yeah. you know i always say to people like oh i don't want to go to sundance until i have a film there i'm like why oh, I hear that don't, all be, the time. don't do I hear that, that like because it's so stressful right. to have a film there go <laughs> there when you're just chilling with people right. or if you have a friend who's got a film in because you get to just go hang out and get the lay of the land i mean it's like you know i don't know like 15 degrees and Oof. and snowy and yeah. it's difficult to get into stuff to get into stuff to get out of stuff to you know so go find out you know make some friends yeah, i mean the, the the first the first time i went is the first year there was the digital filmmaker showcase mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i actually had a film in that mm. and it was interesting because you know because it wasn't like a competition thing but it they just experiment was that when i what year was that uh 2000 Two or three or something uh, like that. And I yeah, programmed you, your phone. Yeah. Maybe, maybe. Well, I would have had to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> was like, yeah. Um, what was it called? It was called the Chop Shop. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This was, this was a barbershop comedy, like, like mm -hmm. two or three years before the barbershop came out. You know, we did this thing, mm -hmm. um, and uh, it's it good to see you again. Did, did you <laughs> come? Yeah, we came. Yeah, we came. You know, I drank a lot. So you know, I can't so remember. No, but it was, it's been a while. It's been a long time. You know, we yeah. went, and we, I mean, we, it was interesting because we went and. You know, 2002? I think, you know, we shoot that. I think it was. Do you know Seath Mann? Yeah. Was Seath there? Because Seath so. was there in Seath, 2003. Yeah. No, I, I can't remember. He was there. He wasn't there with the festival, that movie that he did that, that launched him. That was like a, a year later. Five Deep Breaths. <laughs> Five Deep Breaths, yeah. So 2002, Maurice Dwyer yes. was there with Woe. That starred mm. Anselm Richardson. Mm. Yes. So that's how I know Anselm, Jamie Hector, like right. all those Yes, yeah, who then exploded in, in, mm -hmm. in The Wire. Yeah, Yeah. oh my um, God, I love him so much. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, he's yeah. fantastic. He is amazing. But I, just, I remember we went and it was like, because it wasn't like a, you know, the digital thing wasn't, um, official, official. Yeah. Oh, because you didn't have screenings in theaters. Yeah, screenings, it was yeah. an online. Yeah. No. Well, there was like a like a like a lobby area that we went like a like a, like uh -huh. a little, that we went and screened at. You know, it was interesting. You know, um, but I just remember there was less stress because we weren't like up for an award or trying to do an award. Like, what was the year? It was the year that Caveman's Valentine was that. 
Cape May's Valentine like like uh, opened the festival, oh. and it was the year that um, Memento was there. That was oh, the year okay. because Memento. <laughs> we, we like we went to a midnight screening and we were like standing outside in the cold. And we were like, man, this movie yeah. better be good. <laughs> this movie better, better be, be really good. <laughs> and then it was. It blew everyone's right. mind away. We were right. like, okay, uh-huh. maybe these midnight screenings are a thing you got to do. Right. But I just remember, you're right. Like you can go and experience it and get a lay of what it's about without having to be caught up in it. And I mean, when we came, we met so many people when we came back, like that is what really like launched yeah. us into it because everyone was like, oh, you got, you're here and blah, blah, blah. And like at the time, there's very few black people there and right. the few blacks that executives that we did meet were like, come meet us, come meet us. So it was mm-hmm. a very, it was it was very beneficial for us. Yeah, yeah, I that yeah absolutely. During that time, you were kind of like if you saw a black person, you were like, hey, hey, what's hey, up? Hey, hey, what's up? Come on like, over, hey, come he over. He must be somebody. Come yeah. and have a drink. Yeah, come have a drink. You know, yeah. 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 yeah, I mean, I think that was part of the whole push behind the Black House. You know, it was the, one of the co-founders mm-hmm. of the Black House with uh, Brooks and Diamond and Carolyn Shine mm-hmm. and Ryan Tarpley. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ryan was at CAA at the time, I think. And I know Carolyn very well. Oh, mm-hmm. do you? Okay, yeah. Car- yeah, Carol's funny. So that was, you know, the whole push, and Sundance was really behind it. Like, you know, when we went to them and said, hey, this is what we'd like to do and we'd like to be official and we don't want to have like, you know, some kind of shady business happening mm-hmm. down the street. Um, and they were very behind it and it was a huge success and continues to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I was just there, this, I, I go there almost every year, but or every year I go there every, well, I don't know why I say it, almost every <laughs> and year. And I was like, girl, you was there every, every yeah. single year. <laughs> um, but I'm not going this year, praise God. Um, <laughs> the But I think that, I was there last year and I thought so many people that I met in that first year like in 2007 mm-hmm. have like nailed it Tahir Jatter mm-hmm. James Bond like there's just so many filmmakers um, Aditora McKinde like mm-hmm. so many people who came through and mm-hmm. still come through um, are now you know nailing it out there in the yeah. world so yeah, yeah, yeah. it's nice it's I always nice. tell people about and you remember the story we do every year around Black History. We do on the the Black Committee, uh, mm. the Writers Guild. <clears throat> Chris is the former um, um, co-chair, co-chair of the committee. Uh-huh. I'm the vice chair with Lena Waith and Michelle Amore uh-huh. now. For the last four or five years, and what's been going on is every year we do these um, NAACP Image Awards uh-huh. panels with uh-huh. winners and nominees. Uh-huh. Sometimes even in the past or whatever. Yes. And the first year we did it, I moderated the panel. I've moderated a couple times, and I moderated the panel. And 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 the next year we did it, Barry Jenkins was on for Moonlight, uh-huh. <clears throat> and he said this. He told the story about how last year he was sitting in the audience, and this year he's up. You know what I mean? You never know who's in the audience with you. You, you know? never know. It, it's a fascinating thing. So I, I can see where you're going with that whole about just showing up. You never know who you're going to meet. You know, et cetera, et cetera. Well, yeah. it's the thing about any <clears throat> festival is that. Um, Everyone's guard isn't down, but it's lowered. Right, it's definitely lowered. You know, yeah, because you meet them in town, and they're like, "Wait a minute, you're going to try to right. sell me on something?" You know, yeah. And when you're going to an office in a meeting or something like that, it's different than you're kind of half drunk at a reception. You know what I mean? <laughs> on Main Street, right? Like you're more more willing. Yeah. Like I don't know how many like lunches that were supposed to be, you know, forty minutes that turn right. into three hours because, mm-hmm. you know, it's yeah. Sundance and it's a festival. And I think in festivals, you're you are your guard is a little bit more down. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always tell filmmakers, remember I drink a lot. So if I promise you something <laughs> yeah. at two o'clock in the morning and you're emailing me the next day and I don't remember you, 
don't take offense. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> At least that's real. That's yeah, honest. Be real. But don't I love sh- you, obviously. I loved yes. you in the moment, and yes. I still love you. You just have to remind me why I love you. Right. <laughs> right. right. Pitch me okay. again. Love. Yeah, pitch I, me again. I, I, I know you pitched me again. well last time, <laughs> but do it again. <laughs> Let me ask you. You seem to be a really big advocate of helping young filmmakers in particular, and writers and filmmakers. Uh-huh. Where do you think that love of that comes from? Is it just love of movies, love of people, love of... What do you think that is? Uh, well, I mean, other than my, like, codependence that I haven't let go of through therapy. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm kind of kidding. Um, I think, you know, it's not young. I, yeah, emerging. I like to use emerging because not everybody's super... I don't know. I don't mean to say young. Yeah, yeah it's I don't even know what young is. Um, but... Uh, I like where, you know, I worked, I mean, I spent 10 years working with first-time filmmakers, mm-hmm. whether it was short-form content, feature films, narr- like mostly narrative, some documentary. And I like, I think I just like to be at things at the beginning. Mm. You know, there's yeah. something about that. There's something that. about being, and I think that part of my love at Sundance too, and at, you know, I programmed at LAFF mm-hmm. and is that you're meeting someone at their first big break. Right. Often, mm-hmm. right? So there's definitely alumni who are coming back, but they're you know a very small percentage of the filmmakers you're meeting, and you get to watch that, and that's exciting and inspiring. Mm-hmm. And and I you know I think <clears throat> you learn a lot from who succeeds in their endeavor and who doesn't. Yes, mm. absolutely, mm. right? Like, 100%. what does success look like? What is the, what is you know? Because when we talk about success, you know, there are, it's like an actionable concept you have to take action you have to be you know you have to be out there in the world in a certain way which is you know generally speaking your authentic self mm-hmm. that uh i think that filmmakers struggle artists struggle with we struggle mm-hmm. with we struggle with a lot of things but i think one of the things we struggle with is well but but wait but what do they want let me be what they want mm-hmm. and that's and i found that in the emerging world, and if you worked directly with me, obviously, you know, I trained that out of you. Right. I beat that out of you. Um, <laughs> she got a switch on her all the time, y'all. Um, Still keep the thorns on them. Like. <laughs> so I like, but I feel like, you know, you, when you're your authentic self and you are, um, and you've got a voice mm-hmm. and you have talent, mm-hmm. uh, that you still get caught up in the imposter syndrome, you still get caught up in the, but do I deserve to be yes. here syndrome? I think places like Black House, and this year at Sundance there's gonna be Latinx House, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. that those places say to you, you fucking belong here as much as anybody else mm-hmm. in this city. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. that's who belongs. You belong here, I belong here, everybody who's here belongs here. Mm-hmm. And that's difficult when you're, Culturally speaking, I think, you know, as you guys know so well, that there's this what success is supposed to look like Mm -hmm. and not what it's supposed to even sound like or fucking be like, but what it looks like. And speak on it. Yeah. And I think that it's really once you're here for five years or, you know, maybe some people get lucky and they're here for a year and they're like, whoa, wait a minute. This is not success. Mm And I don't need to be striving for that over there because what I want to actually accomplish is completely different yes. over here. 
I think, I think, let me just say this really good. I think everybody that I know who's been here for a long time, including ourselves, mm-hmm. had a vision of what we thought. Mm-hmm. Like, I moved here to be an actor, you know. Did you? In 96. Yeah, good looking. You know, I could years, see you probably like. Brother was pretty back then. I'm telling you, you look good now. You probably look really good on camera. I was cute. I was cute. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, pretty wicky what they call me. Don't tell nobody. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, 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 um, but as you get a little more mature, it's like the type of people you like mm-hmm. are different, like mm-hmm. what, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So I think that you pivot even in your in your want like you wanted to be you know the mm-hmm. next Cuba Gooding Jr. whatever the fuck mm-hmm. when you moved here mm-hmm. and then eventually you go you know and I just want to be that guy who's I want to be Tay Diggs I want to just be working all the time yeah whatever the fuck you and know respectful I mean? stuff where people <clears throat> right. love, you know what that I love to do and it right. keeps me close to my family or whatever mm-hmm. you know your reasoning is right. absolutely well, go ahead I'm starting to interrupt you know my, my thing is I think you had a great point you said that we know what success looks like, but mm-hmm. I think what uh, what you don't know when you haven't had that stuff is you don't know how much that's manufactured mm-hmm. by right. the people around you. I mean, like the machine that, mm-hmm. it, like, once you start moving up, a lot of people people surround you with people to go, hey, you need to do this, you need to do this, you need to do this, you do this. That's that you don't know when you're watching someone show up because they're presenting their movie presenting their show that they've been they've been coached crying you know, <laughs> they've been crying yeah, they've been crying they've been yeah. coached in a way mm-hmm. to, you know to, to be up there to do that and that's what we see and I think what you're saying is this is so interesting to me is that you want to be your authentic self and the thing is if you made the movie that people are responding to mm-hmm. well then you did what you felt comfortable doing and when you get there and people and 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 the thing is you you never know you are so anxious and you know until people watch and scream it in applause right. and then and you just kind of and that sense of like well I didn't know you know is what mm-hmm. is so overriding and then people do respond to sure. it the toughest thing about making a movie is is that when you finish the movie you still see the flaws in it. Like oh my stuff, god! Like, so much. Like oh the, oh the, my god! You didn't get. I didn't get this shot. And then you're mad when other people the, don't see the, the flaw. The flaws, They're like, what? I didn't even notice that. I'm like, what? 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 Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You didn't watch my movie. They, <laughs> they, they, they didn't sit in the editing room and see it a hundred times right. and know mm-hmm. what the struggle with. You know, there's just you one. didn't see that crushed black in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah. yeah. You couldn't even see the edge of her dress. Yeah. Yes. You know what? I, yes. I, I tell you an interesting story. You know, the last movie my brother and I did, we did this movie. I like the way it turned out. There was one part that was really, that just there was always it was always an edit that bothered me, mm. and I couldn't figure out why. No, no, I'm sorry, I I knew why, but I was like, I know how to fix that because that's that's what we shot. And then again, I was talking with Carl because mm. I put together stuff and I showed him my reel, and then he saw it and he was like, "You have to have this like this. There's a, there's another angle of this that I see like later on." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See if there's footage farther on that 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 could correct that correct that edit, hmm. and I hmm. was like, "Oh yeah, let me go back and do that." <laughs> you know? And it was, and it was, yeah. oh, you know, weird. because the thing is, you know, it's one of those you were looking for it in the moment. Not no, in, not in well, take. no, it's one of those things where you know, like you don't always see all the footage because you know you're looking at circle takes right. and blah blah blah, and you're just you know and stuff that you might and it was in a take that there's a take that we that was a broken take that we didn't like oh, the rest yeah. of it, mm. so that's why it wasn't on. But he was like, mm. you might have that, so then mm-hmm. that, that's why we never looked at it before mm-hmm. because the rest of it didn't work. But then mm. you go back through, and it's one of the things that I was always like, it's one of the things about when you're not. I'm always on a 
issue if you edit the whole thing yourself or watch everything yourself mm-hmm. or do you have time to watch everything yourself I watch everything you know mm-hmm. so um, and on that project we didn't but it was interesting because someone else came in and was able to see that but there's those mistakes that you know that almost no one else had pointed out mm-hmm. you know that but but that are kicking in the back of your head mm-hmm. and it adds to your mm-hmm. imposter syndrome thing and you and and you don't know how to respond because all it's it's when people come at you and, and, and loving the work because you are stuck in what didn't happen, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was listening to um, um, uh, James Mangle talk about Ford Ferrari, which I think is a fantastic movie. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it. And uh, um, he said something interesting. He said, you know, the there's a trick that the media does to a lot of people, to a lot of directors, is they, like... Uh, convince you to speak on the fact that you saw the whole movie before you shot it. I know that's you such know. fucking nonsense. It, you know, it, you know, and, and, and he said, ah. and, and he said to be an auteur, you mean that the the fantasy of auteur? No, he just I mean, he was saying you're auteur or not. He he was like he's like the people people like he's like the media helps prop, prop up the fact that they think directors know the whole thing before they go in. And he was saying, you know, you might be able to do that on a short, you know, this little five minute mm-hmm. thing. But when you're doing a feature film. What makes a really successful feature director is how do you pivot from when the world is throwing you crazy shit on the day, mm. you know? And mm-hmm. that's the kind of stuff that can mm-hmm. make it hard if you haven't done it. Mm-hmm. Be like, oh, my God, like, you mm-hmm. know, like, this is not how I saw it. Because right. he, he made this really fascinating thing. He said when he shot Copland, mm-hmm. they shot the first week of Copland. And he was looking at all the production stills, like, you know, like that weekend. And he was like... Why is the production still guy getting better shots of my that movie happens. than that I'm getting? That happens. You know, and, yeah. And, 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 and he said, "Oh, you know why? Because I had this preconceived notion of what I want this to look like, as opposed to mm. me just blocking it mm-hmm. and stepping back and looking." Because right. the product, the still guy would come in. You're actually really good at that. Y- yeah. When you direct. Mm-hmm. You're really good at taking a step back and adjusting to what you already have because they might do something better. You might do something better, right? And, right. It's, and, and that little sense, and he and he was like, so then he was like, after that, I was like, I just got to sit back and watch mm-hmm. because don't let what's in your head kind of like dictate to what you have to do. Let mm-hmm. the collaborators who are all because you can never imagine what the collaborators are going to bring, and that's the joy of making a movie. Mm-hmm. Let them do that and say, how do I capture this mm-hmm. as opposed to to, to try to bend everyone to your will ahead of time, you know, and that's where, and and that that disconnect, I think, is where you're not there yet when you've done your first movie to know the success. And when those things have happened on the on the set, you just kind of like, okay, I survived that. You know, every night, right? Every night, okay, yeah, it's a little another day, yeah, <laughs> right. And the thing that you're not realizing is. That's the job. That's the job. That is the job. Mm-hmm. I captured the happy accidents because mm-hmm. that's where everyone knows you're authentic. I mean, yeah. I, I, not to I be- produ- no, let me tell you, I produced, a, I came on and produced a, a filmmaker's first work, short. Um, and she came to me. Um, uh, the family had sort of organized a dinner for the crew and stuff because we were out of town. Mm-hmm. And uh, she came to me and she said, I need you to direct it. <laughs> and I was like, I've, I've had that happen. This was the day before, yeah. and I was yeah. like, "What?" <clears throat> and she said, "I I can't do it. I mm. I like physically cannot do it. It's too much pressure. It's too, it's like my stomach is in knots. I can't sleep. I can't eat. I have a terrible headache." And I was like, 
yeah, that's that's pretty much everybody on set. Like, what are you talking about? That's, like, the, that's the job. That's the, that is the job. That's the yeah. job. I mean, if the, it was easy, the, you know. even, I mean, there's a really great. It's online somewhere. I'll put it in the show notes. I bet it ended yeah. up turning out really well too. After all, didn't it? No, because I directed it. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, you did. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So here's a funny thing. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Wow. She like totally That's gave hilarious. it up. You can't That's give hilarious. it up. You got to do it. Yeah. But there's a really great uh, speech when Stanley Kubrick was doing um, Eyes Wide Shut. Mm-hmm. He got the Directors Guild. Um, Whatever award, whatever award, and mm-hmm. he couldn't. He didn't fly, so he didn't come. So he gave this. He sent a, uh, a videotape speech, mm-hmm. and he said this same thing. He said, "The biggest fear we all go through is walking on the set the first day." Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "This is the man who everyone looks at as the genius, yeah, and the master." And he's telling you he has that fear. And I think that that's the that it's just that's you come to the realization that. Everything is on your shoulders, and it is. But the little thing that you have to realize is, oh, but everyone is here to support me. Right. So it's not me just <laughs> holding it. I have everyone else, and you have to learn to rely on other people. You have to. If you don't, then you'll mm-hmm. crash. But you got to yeah. know, like everyone is there to help you. Because I was, I was telling Chris, and you know this. Every time I get, I do a lot of writing assignments, right? Mm-hmm. So I get an assignment, and I usually go away, as you know, to Ventura in particular. I have this mm-hmm. cool little hotel. Is that why Chris has been by himself? No, no. Okay. I was <clears throat> anyway. It was just holiday, and it uh-huh. just all worked out that way. So, so, um, and every time I get an assignment, it's a bigger assignment, of course, right? Hopefully, good. yeah, it that's should right. Be. <clears throat> and so, this one particular one I got, I realized I was kind of nervous to do it, and excited at the same time. I knew that it was in my wheelhouse. Of course, I could do it, but I was like, oh. And I remember doing this tweet that just went crazy, and I said something like. You know, here I am, you know, looking out at this window, you know, about to do this assignment. I'm nervous and scared and excited at the same time. That's how I know it's the right thing. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Everybody Absolutely. responded. You remember that tweet? Everybody responded to that because I was really just talking from the heart. But that's when you know you have a good a good thing is when you're nervous to do it and you're excited and you're like, oh, my God, I don't want to fuck this up. You know what I mean? And it makes you better, in my opinion. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Hopefully, I mean, hopefully that's your... <clears throat> trajectory Mm -hmm. that it does make you better as opposed to shut you down or you know take you out right right? so sometimes because I've watched both things happen Mm -hmm. I've had uh, I've had filmmakers who you know I had to drive a picture car from set back to base camp with the director in the back seat sobbing really like uncontrollably sobbing could not and so when you know I mean whatever I mean I'm paying for the insurance or whatever so I was like I was like I'll drive the car back to set because he couldn't get like because he was in the back directing and they had been in the front and I I was like uh yeah you guys just leave me the keys and I'm gonna drive so I drove you know past base camp and pulled on a side street Mm -hmm. and I was like dude I promise you like everybody feels this way Mm -hmm. like if you feel you know, like it's it really because that's what I'm speaking to, which is like it depends on um, how you respond to stress. Right. So you want to train yourself to, you know, to like in part of the imposter syndrome and am I good enough and mm-hmm. um, what does success look like is you have to train yourself to 
like be on opposite day every day. So mm-hmm. if you think that you're not good enough, you are more than good enough. Mm-hmm. If you think that you wrote some shitty stuff today, it's genius. Like you have to <laughs> retrain yourself. Like I, I do it and I say, um, which is like kind of what, um, this is the concept of this podcast that I want to do okay. that I was talking about earlier. But it's, um, I believe that, you know, the way that artists' brains work, it's just different. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, and that, Every artist you meet, like some of them, you know, are in the backseat sobbing. And then the next, you know, for the rest of the shoot, they're like nailing it. Mm. Some people are in the backseat sobbing and they never make it out of the backseat. Right. Right. And that's what happened on that shoot. Like mm. that person never made it out of the backseat. Mm. So the, the project ended up being directed by me, the producer mm-hmm. and the DP. Right. So, but I really believed that had he just taken a moment Mm-hmm. To like really just let let it all out, right? Mm-hmm. Just cry your eyes out, you know. Put some eye cream around, you know what I mean. Get some preparation age. Put something. some sunglasses on. Come in, have lunch <clears throat> with everybody. Right. Chill, watch some dailies. You know, mm-hmm. just relax. See how great it looks. Uh, talk to the actors because mm-hmm. they, you know, that's just, important. That's important. Yes. <clears throat> then he would have made it, right. you know. But I, I think that it really—it's your response to the stress that is. Well, this. It's, yeah. a, it's, it's a it's creating art, it, yeah. look, it's, and it doesn't matter what budget is on. You still it, have the it, same it, stress. Look, the same yeah. stress. I, I tell, you know what? I'll tell you a story. The thing we just did, mm-hmm. I felt for so long. I was like, I don't know if it's even possible to do this. And oh then, yeah, you were nervous at first, which we, which I like though. That, that was good well, energy. But you know, because because <clears> we because we had to do fourteen pages in one day. Mm-hmm. Nice. And I, I, I want to be the. I want. I want to stand on. The, I want to sit on set, smoke cigarettes, and drink coffee, and watch that for okay. fourteen hours. I love and, that. And, 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 and. What page are you guys on? Mm. <laughs> yeah, three. Yeah, yeah. And uh, hustle, uh, hustle, hustle, hustle. And, and, and uh, I was like, finally, I got. You know, I said, I said, myself, we can do this. We can do this. So then we get to the day, and we're shooting, and we do the first shot, which I was like. The smart guy always says, "Do the an easy shot first, so yep. everyone always so, so that you run it and everyone feels like okay, we got something in the can." Yes. Uh, second shot, we needed to now set up two cameras, mm-hmm. and they couldn't get the follow focus to sync. Mm. You know, and they were younger kids; they were probably in their late twenties, mm-hmm. and I realized that they had never had to do follow focus manual practically whatever. you know mm. they didn't know how to, there was like, well, like there's no tape measures on set they were looking like i was crazy and i was like you gotta have a tape measure they were like what what and so <laughs> so that wasn't your first clue you're like mm. well, i would have been on my phone let me find yeah, so you know, a so second or first so, ac yeah. who will come yeah, in and save myself, the day i'm saying to myself i'm like okay so now we're gonna do and like and literally like 40 minutes go by where we're not shooting <laughs> And we take a walk outside. And we take a walk outside because yeah. I sent him a text. I was like, dude, I think we got to kill because we're shooting two episodes. These two kids? <laughs> no, no, no. no. I was sending myself, well, we need to do that. But I was like, dude, you know what's going on? Like, they don't know how to do it. I was just blowing my head. But then, but, but here it was like, is there anything we can do with one camera? Because in my mind, I was like, I, yeah, totally. Right. In my mind, I was like, we got to do two, we got to make job. this work. Oh. And then I was I like, problems. <laughs> and I said, oh yeah, we can do all this with one camera. So let's just go in and do it. Right. I said, hey guys, take that camera out and let's just, and let's just yeah. roll. Like, you, know? you guys just do And when you fix when it, you we'll fix bring it, it back, back in. in. Until then, yeah. fuck mm-hmm. it. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. but, uh, but there's that moment where, you're, where I was like, I don't know how to do this. I just don't know how to get past this moment. Mm-hmm. And again, because in my head, I was like, you well, locked in doing it with two. I locked though. in with two. Yeah. Yeah. But then I was like, well, yeah. but the thing I, I think I say to people all the time mm-hmm. 
is that 75 to 100 years of movie making was done with one camera. Right. Everyone knows how to do it. And there's and probably like 90 films you love are done with one camera. Yeah. You can do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then in my head, I was like, oh, yeah, let's roll. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's roll. But there's that moment where you get lost and you get afraid. And you, I mean, because I was afraid and my, I was like, what is, you know, as, as much as I talk about how much I love it and what stuff, how I see it, I mean, I do, but it then it just kicked in mm-hmm. because I've been, because I've been in situations. But also you had Hilliard, right? Yeah. Hilliard, right? Like you yeah. have, you have someone there who's st- kind of standing there like, mm-hmm. um, like to sort of snap you out of it yeah. a little bit, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. I'm, and, I'm, I'm like in the monitor, I'm in his ear, I'm talking to yeah. him, I'm keeping him Completely. going. Completely. Because. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's how I learned how to produce. That's, that's how I learned how to yeah. produce. Yeah, you have to because you. I mean, mm. that's the thing I was saying earlier. You, this person you you brought to the in the backseat of the car who's crying. It's kind of like, you know, you have this. It, I've been in a lot of like really bad situations directing, and I've and I've made. I've been happen. in the bathroom crying. Yeah. Every time, time on every <laughs> movie at some point in the day. Like, at some like, point in the shoot. Yeah, yeah. Happens. And, uh, yeah. And Wishing that I could drink. Wishing that I could smell it. <laughs> I'm all like, what is it? Vodka and Diet Coke? No, you got to smell no. that. You got to smell that. So I just know that when it, I mean, when it goes bad, I've just, in my own experience, I was like, I've had worse than this happen. Like, really worse right. than this. Uh, you know, we had a time when an actor, like, he was running and something and he pulled his back out and then he couldn't stand hmm. and we still had like half a day to shoot. And I was like, and you can't stand, right. you know, we, like, we had to prop him up and like, you know, it was That's crazy, hilarious. but mm. you have, but you go through these, these horror stories and you know to yourself, like we were saying earlier, mm-hmm. it's like, you can get through the day. You can get through it if you know that. Um, but, but, but sometimes that, f- the fear, you can't, you can't, quench the fear because the stress is so much you know and that's yeah you gotta battle that and i think walking into the so we all know you know like in, it's drilled into your head in every arena whether you went to film school or you didn't mm-hmm. but it's drilled into your head that the more like you cannot be too prepared right you cannot you can't have done too much mm-hmm. prep work before you get to set right because like half of all the prep that you've done is going out the window anyway, mm-hmm. but you had it and your brain is working on problem solving all the time. Mm-hmm. And that's all you're doing all day. So you're telling the story, you have this vision, and hopefully if we're smart, you have a great producer, you have a great DP, you have a great solid crew mm-hmm. of people around you who can help you move forward. Mm-hmm. For the most part in indie work and short form content, you are the writer director. Mm-hmm. And so if you're just the director and you have, you know, when I, I directed um, The Sibling Code mm-hmm. and it was written by Stacey Davis, but she was on set every day. Mm-hmm. You, know, she, you know, she was an EP as well, but she was also there for me to say, I hate everything about this <laughs> and it's not working. And what, what, what do you think? I can tell you what I think, but I want to hear what you think first. And that way, you know, you're just so prepared that on the day you can just come up with something. Mm-hmm. I do like you're propping up, you know, actors who can't walk anymore. <laughs> you know, like there's just so many you ways. You gotta pivot. You gotta pivot. You gotta pivot. Well, because, cause, cause, you know what? This is the thing that is interesting about me because I love old Hollywood and I love old, and I love all the anecdotes. And, mm-hmm. the, and the anecdotes people tell you they talk about crazy shit that happened mm-hmm. and about mm-hmm. and about like how they solve something mm-hmm. and the thing about propping the actor up was something I, I remember reading somewhere and I was like oh you can do this you can like prop them up and they don't because if you're just going to get like close ups and just going to talk they don't need 
you know, we were like, well, we somebody with like heat packs on the bottom. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like all these yeah, yeah, we were doing all that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. And, and I remember, ice packs, you know, yeah. we called in a masseuse, like mm-hmm. hey, you got to do all this kind of stuff. And uh, but I was like, oh yeah, you can do this because you know, because because he doesn't need to walk, he just needs to stand still. But we just got to get him to stand. And how do mm-hmm. you do that? And trick it. And it was at night, and mm-hmm. he was on a fire barrel, so we could kind of like get it dark and kind of hide what was holding him up. And just <laughs> it's just all this shit that you were like, how do you do this? Mm-hmm. But that's the thing. It's the problem solving and. And 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 the key is having a great producer, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So in the initially, because you're going to learn as you go as a director and be able to work, you know. But I know for my very first short, Danny and Alice, we shot on film. Um, Gary McLeod was the DP, and Effie Brown was oh, my I love producer. Effie. We know I love Effie. Yeah, well, who doesn't <clears throat> love Effie? Um, and she's an amazing producer. Mm-hmm. So as a first time director, uh, we got to the second set the second location and unbeknownst to us this like literally like Aryan nation white supremacist <laughs> crack or meth like one of those kinds of drugs that makes right. you all meth fucked probably. up crazy Ooh. yeah it was like LeBray and third and <laughs> and he owned it I don't think it's there and it was like a tanning salon or something next to the bar we were shooting in mm. and because the whole I mean most of the crew was black mm-hmm. and the talent was black and Effie and I were black mm-hmm. and he was beside himself. Like mm-hmm. he was banging on the wall and just doing all kinds of crazy shit. And you know, we're burning film, like actual mm-hmm. film that I got from my dear friends at Kodak. Mm. And I didn't know what to, I was freaking out. Like I broke my sunglasses. I was like ready to like just go <laughs> and I'm like, can we kill him? Like what why can't we just go in there and set him on fire and put him in the dumpster? <laughs> However, that's not legal in the United States of America. Um, and Effie saved the day. You know, like she came up with ideas that, um, you know, like doing New York calls. So where you're like, you call cut when you mean action and action when you mean cut. And so the crew's all on board. So every right. time we called cut, mm-hmm. he would stop making the noise and right. we would be shooting. Mm-hmm. And luckily. That's smart yeah. too. But that's mm-hmm. also why I keep a bunch of petty cash on me. That no, he wasn't. There. No, Effie went he to him. Believe that. me. Effie, he wouldn't do that either. No, Effie did, like, went through the whole gamut of the things that wow. you give to terrible neighbors. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't about money. It was about you niggers need to get off my street. Right. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that really mm-hmm. would it. Like nigger with an R. Wow. Yeah, like hard it was R. Hard, the hard R. R, hard R, and it was deep, and and yeah, and it was only we only got through that day because wow. Effie was able to. So that's what I'm saying is that if you have a team of people, you have to. We have, gotta have Effie on the show. We've talked about it for years. Yeah, you know what? I just saw her the other night. Yeah. I saw her at uh briefly at the uh, at, when I saw the marriage story that the closing night at the AFI fest. Mm-hmm. She was. I, I just, was there. I just ran into her. Just I didn't see her. Just she was there. I saw she was. I saw her in line. I was waiting in line. Oh. She was running by. I was like, hey, hey. She She's like, oh my God, I've seen you in a year. Mm-hmm. Give me a hug. She's like, call me. And I was like, I will, I will, because I hadn't seen her about a couple of years. But uh, we should, yeah, totally call her. I was there with Darren Gibson from SAG. Really? Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. How did you feel about that movie? <clears throat> I, you know what? I like the movie. I mean, I'm, I mean, look, I haven't seen a Noah Baumbach movie since Squid and the Whale. Mm. So it's been a, a long time. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's a typical type of movie that he does from what I've seen that he, he's doing. Mm-hmm. And I was telling people when I was doing my podcast that, that brought up us, I was like, you know what? I finally understand why people like Adam Driver mm-hmm. watching that movie because I couldn't understand why people liked him. Mm. And I was like, why do people like this guy? Like, I, like, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. But then I, in that movie, I was like, oh, yeah. he's fearless. Mm-hmm. He, because <clears throat> mm-hmm. he, like, he sees a, a former Marine, right? Is he? Yeah. I did not know that. He's he, So I was like, well, 
then the fear you get from looking like a fool as an actor mm. it don't mean that's nothing important. to you because you haven't been shot that's at. Important, right? And I was like, you're fearless and you commit to the hell out of everything. And that's why people like you because you have to come in and kill it. Because right. in that scene, you saw the movie? I saw most of the movie. Oh, we okay. left, did we? Oh, <laughs> I'm telling. So, so, so <laughs> whatever, whatever. But yeah. um, I thought Scarlett Johansson did an excellent. Job. She's phenomenal. <laughs> she, I thought she was. Yeah. She's phenomenal. I mean, people always hate on her because she does these big films. But I was. But I think when she does those smaller pieces, she shows you why who she is, who she is. But there's the scene at the end of that movie where those two are like, they're throwing the biggest kind of like pain that you would throw in a breakup just all the verbal like knives mm-hmm. and i was like okay this is why you you want this guy because a lot of people wouldn't go where he went you know and i was like okay, i get it i get why you know people love him mm-hmm. but um yeah mm-hmm. yeah well fearless right that's what we're Loved talking mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we're talking about we're talking about like if you they, i think because it's, you know, it's terrifying. I, I am always like, you should be commending yourself if you get up out of bed, mm. right? So from the moment that your feet hit the ground, you are winning. Right. You mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. So just keep taking steps forward, steps forward, which is like what, because I know that um, like, as someone I could suffer from like great depression. Mm. And no one, I mean, people don't really know that about me. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, unless you really know me. Um, and I've called you crying. <laughs> and you know I have I was like, we're burning her, girl. Yeah, you killing me with okay. all this crying, girl. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, uh, most of my friends, you know, are like, come over, sit on the couch. Um, and I think that, which is why, I'm, like, I've been thinking about, like, everybody keeps saying, reporter, do a podcast, do a podcast. Mm-hmm. You really need to do one. And, and I was like, uh, you know, not thinking, I don't want to talk about short films. I don't want to talk about this. Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, what I really want to talk about is artists working with depression I want to talk Ooh, about I could talk about that yeah I could, oh yes. I could talk about it <clears throat> yes. for days thank you let see me, let, let me give you an example okay if you don't mind no please so just recently Pamela and I were talking about this I was real. I swear to God the last like three weeks leading up to this big pitch I have tomorrow mm-hmm. I was waking up and all day feeling just exhausted mm-hmm. you know I me mean? I go to the gym almost every day and mm-hmm. I was like going to the gym going 20. You look okay, like you go to the gym you. every day. Pretty mm-hmm. wicked with the mm-hmm. cup. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, I was telling Pamela, my producing partner on this project I'm doing, I was like, girl, I, 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 I don't know what's going on. And I realized it hit me. I was like, I think I know what it is. Mm-hmm. I think I might be in a depression right now. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I can't, I can't, Deal with it because I'm so busy. That's only one of the six projects I'm doing. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. most people go into depression, a depression and go on the couch. I get into a depression and I keep working through it, going to the gym, doing all these mm-hmm. other things that keep me busy, but my body's going, Hilliard, you're fucking depressed right now. Yeah. Calm the fuck down. But mm-hmm. I can't. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's... A, Yes, it's yeah. interesting. I know exactly I what you good. mean. I think it's a good idea. I want to do that show with you. That'd yeah, be, you're coming yeah. to do that show I mean, with I, me for I sure. I would love it because I remember one time, you know, um, I mean, the stuff you, the stuff you come up with when you are depressed as a writer, you as an artist, if you can work, because sometimes you just can't work, you just can't mm-hmm. get stuff out. Like you don't. Mm-hmm. It's you know, you have the greatest idea, and then you pick up the pen or the typewriter, and you're like. 
I got I, nothing. I, 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 you know, I didn't even want to press the keys. Yes. But I remember when I was breaking up my fiance years ago, I was writing this story and um, it was like, and it was like the guy was killing his wife in the thing. It was just like all these ways. And I was like, you know what? Because that's how I feel, you know? Totally. And, and, I, and it was just coming out and I was like, oh, but I'm loving the way I'm killing her. And I was like, what is wrong with me? You know, because Jesus Christ. You're like, you know, Christian, you just slow your yeah, roll. Yeah. Hilarious. Mm-hmm. I was like, um, mm-hmm. but, but, you know, but and it was, it was, it was either that or not working at all. Or it was like you said, like not, they're not even getting out of bed. Yeah. You know, it's like, I can't do this. I can't, I don't even want to get up, you know? Yeah. It's, 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 it's it's hard. I mean, you know, and, and, and I think that to be successful as an artist, you have to stay in touch with what makes you vulnerable. And, Absolutely. And you have to be able to admit to those things. And then the only thing about that sometimes is, you know, you walk an edge to be able to tap into that to mm. make things real. And mm. then when you don't, and if you're not careful, you can slip. Mm-hmm. You know, and then there's, and if you're doing it right, mm-hmm. you know, be uh, authentic self, you're totally walking the high wire, like, like with no net underneath, right. because that's how you get the good, that's how you get the gold. Right. But see, then you might fall. And if you fall, then that's when you're going to you need to, like these depressive states that you can't, I mean, like to me, I know it, it might be a month where I can't get out of it, you know? Yeah. But see, absolutely. mine is like a day or two, literally, like mine is short. But it might be three or four days of me feeling that. Mm-hmm. But the worst day is when I'm going through it and I wake up the next day, like, out of it. Mm-hmm. And I don't usually know what it is that clicks. But it's usually me being aware of it that clicks. Right. Once right. I'm aware, I'm like, oh, that's what it is. Okay. I'm going to treat myself to a hot chocolate. It's like something stupid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. What yeah. I mean? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, it's usually something simple for me. Absolutely. And I, I believe that there's <clears throat> this. Um, so it's called uh, my working title. I mean, the, the website that I bought mm-hmm. um, that Chris is currently <laughs> helping me <laughs> create mm-hmm. uh, is Chris Torres. Chris Torres is uh, <clears throat> that's not how it works. Mm. And because I say that a lot, mm-hmm. it's like well, something. It's like an idiom that I have, yeah. and mm-hmm. I say that's not how it works. This is how it works, mm-hmm. and I think that's not how it works because which brings me, you know, back to what I was talking about when you what success looks like. Hmm. versus what success actually is right. and and the sex success that you think you want and the the way in which you want it you know we're being fed constantly this 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 trajectory of what your career is supposed to look like you go to panels you read books you read people's blogs you listen to podcasts mm-hmm. you um you do the work yourself however it really is an authentic unique individual Mm -hmm. to you path of your art of creating art and creating work yes you know you would like to (coughs) excuse me you would like to i don't know write the next blackish but it's not going to be blackish right it's going to be a comedy about maybe a black like whatever it is this story that you have inside you that you want to create and understanding that so Blackish, you know, obviously has this extraordinary cast with an extraordinary production um, community mm-hmm. and executives and network mm-hmm. and longevity and spinoffs. Is that your success? Mm. Right. Yeah. Or is your success way the fuck back here right. with this show you want to make? Mm-hmm. So stay right here with the show you want to make. Because mm. the moment that you move from here over to this spinoff. Mm-hmm that's when the depression gets to come in, mm. right? That's when your ego starts to 
starts well, to like kind of know like a bunch of people with an ego. We yeah. sure do, and you, we do. We know a lot. I mean, between the yes. three of us, we you know yes. could like reach quite across the the, the oh, nation, Jesus. if not the world. Jesus. And I feel like I watch people um, over the years who are not understanding the uniqueness of their genius, mm-hmm. and that the more that you tap into that, the less likely you are going to get depressed because you're just simply you know. If you're not emoting, then at least you're emoting on the page and you're getting work out there and you're working with actors who are that. Like there's a way in which um, I find, um, I just shot a pilot in June mm-hmm. and uh, wrote and directed, um, Chris, is my, Chris Torres is my right hand woman, but you know, and uh, really a producer on it. And it was, just after that, that you know, like the. I remember she told me she was all excited. I think this is why I also oh, hear your name. You hear my name. Yeah, that makes me feel like we go way back. Mm-hmm, so forgive mm-hmm, me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it 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 was, and I kept saying to myself, right. I promise you, if you just stay true to what the story is, mm-hmm. and what you want the story to be, uh, what the story is, this is going to go well, hmm. and it did. You know, we like made our day every day. Mm-hmm. We like left early. It was, you know, Very an good. unusual mm-hmm. uh, 15 page shoot because it's like short format. Mm-hmm. I want it to be like 15, 18 minutes. Right. And, uh, and, it, and it turned out amazing yeah. um, if I, with great humility, if I can say that. And, you know, she's taking the Sundance. She knows she is. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, I'm actually not going to Sundance because I got, um, well, I was at Toronto this mm-hmm. year. I met with some people and eventually got an option offer really? that I'm in currently negotiating. Awesome. I know. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm so excited. Awesome. Where am I 10%? <laughs> <laughs> awesome. awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Awesome. So that's exciting. So <clears throat> detox, yes. that's called detox. Cool. And, um, it's, however, like in between those times mm-hmm. when, you know, and I'm like, like I said, I'm 53. I've been doing this for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And, but still you have to like it's like a every time something really great happens in your life yeah. or something big happens or you meet somebody new mm-hmm. or you get a new project or you get a new opportunity the ego is going to jump in there yeah. to protect you yeah. right like so while you were mm-hmm. getting that really like the biggest writing job that you've had thus far mm-hmm. and you were super excited your ego is like but what if you fail oh yeah for sure right so yeah. it starts to dampen the mood and it starts mm-hmm. to take you out and if you're not aware it can take you out out Oh, yes. Right. We watched mm-hmm. we watched the Philip Seymour Hoffman's get taken out out. Uh, and one we, of the best. Yeah. I mean, like one of the best actors yes. of our generation. Right. Like got taken out. Right. And I feel like um, it's so, you know, detox is like a comedy about toxic masculinity hmm. um, with uh Marcus Henderson. Oh, Marcus Henderson? Yeah. Okay. He's like one of the leads. He's, mm-hmm. he, I love him to pieces. Uh, and Chike Okwanko. Okay. And he plays the other lead. And um, Angel Parker and Asmarie Livingston. And it is, people are like a comedy about toxic masculinity. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. And like black men teaching each other about toxic masculinity. Nice. That's, that's what, different. That's yes. what it's about. Mm-hmm. And and how they work through that. Right. You know, and I mean, Marcus brings the funny just naturally. He's mm-hmm. just such, I mean, mm-hmm. he brings the serious for sure, mm-hmm. as we know. Uh, but he's, you know, he's just like got that energy and he is the character Rafiq. Mm-hmm. And so, but you know, so working with people like and being able to cast properly and have the perfect Important. team together and, mm-hmm. 
And that <clears throat> creates this, you know, that's definitely a foundation, a platform of safety mm-hmm. and confidence. And then it's over and then you're in the edit and then you're in the, you know, right. and it was just like, and after having done, I've done it like 40 times, 50 times. Mm-hmm. I've produced over 28 projects myself. Yeah. I totally understand. Yes. And there, and it's like, <clears throat> wait a minute, why am I here again? Yeah. And it's because, you know, like there wasn't the, the switch got turned on. I didn't notice it. The ego slips in and says, mm-hmm. but is it that good? But are you that good? Mm-hmm. But can you do this? Does anybody want this show? Is it, you know, it's like, what? Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, yeah. you, right? Yeah. 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 Like, well, what about that show? Well, that mm-hmm. show's kind of like this show, but your yeah. show's not as good. You know, it's like, right. what? All this stuff. Right. You know, so you mentioned the edit. I I read this quote. No, no, I heard this thing. I heard, um. Can I have one of these cookies? Yes, please. please. Uh, That's enough. <laughs> uh, Steven Spielberg was talking about this thing about the edit that mm-hmm. George Lucas told him. He was like, um, he was like, if your first cut is really good, mm-hmm. you're in trouble. You're in trouble. Wow. <laughs> yeah. He's explain, like, explain for the kids. And you know, and so what he was saying is, is that you know, you haven't really dove into the material hmm. when you're looking at that first assembly. You know, like you don't know all these these other kind of things to do to change to make the story work another way. Mm. The you know, like he was talking about the Bridge of Spies, and he yeah. was like, the uh. Bridge of Spies, the opening scene in the movie is a different opening scene than in the script, and okay. um, and he and just and like sh- and like things like that. So mm-hmm. shifting scenes around mm. something that you do once you once you when you're diving all the time you're right. diving into it. Sure. Mm-hmm. But it, but 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 when you first put it together, well, everyone's following what the script is mm-hmm. exactly, and you're like, you know what? Maybe I don't need to have this scene first, or mm-hmm. because I think that because the the way the movie begins in Bridge of Spies is you're with the spy guy. He comes off this mirror and he's like looking at doing this painting, and it just pulls back and you're in his world and you see all this kind of crazy stuff and I think in the script it's the scene where you meet Tom Hanks's character first you know mm-hmm. when he's being interviewed about he's, he's mm-hmm. negotiating and it's funny because he said well it's funny that's a funny thing because when I gave he's like when I gave the script to Tom he was in off the he called me after reading that first scene he was like oh I want to do this movie now because I know wow. who this this actor I mean who this character is that's why that opening is so he, he, you know but but the thing but then he switched that so that's not the first scene that's not the first scene that you see I'm just doing you know but mm-hmm. and, and, and that's what I think he's talking about it's I didn't like, see it you didn't see it I oh, love Tom fine. Hanks oh it's fine but I didn't see it mm-hmm. it's all good no, no it's, just, it's just or you know. did I you know what I mean that's how I felt about it I don't know. I've seen it it's no it's just uh, I mean he's fucking amazing in anything he does mm-hmm. well yeah it would, it, I, I was, it, I'm scared to see him as Mr. Rogers really I am terrified what? I'm waiting for a screener so I can be at home like crying on my couch oh, oh yeah yeah did mm-hmm. you see the, did you see the doc Mr. No, Rogers? I couldn't even watch the doc oh, no God, no why not amazing. why couldn't you watch the doc I haven't watched it yet either because it's because oh, it hasn't been on like. So then why are you asking me? Why I didn't watch it? Why didn't you watch it? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me why didn't I you have watch a very, it? What like, happened was I have a very, what happened was I have a very cheap there. reason. I have a very very cheap That's reason. Funny. It hasn't shown up as it hasn't shown up on Amazon Prime yet as like, as a free one for me to watch. So I haven't it watched it. HBO, for free. right? HBO? No, no, it was it came on the theaters and I missed it. Right. And, and I'm like, ah, oh, do I want to pay? We didn't show it to I want to pay. 
I missed the screenings oh, when they were out okay. that year. And I was like, I would so so I'm waiting for it to come out <clears> and <throat> just watch it whenever I want. Because if it's bad or I get scared or something like that, I can just turn it off. I don't you know what I'm saying? Because if I've like paid fifteen dollars, it's like it's amazing. How many things have you paid fifteen dollars for not a lot. in your lifetime? <laughs> not a lot. Not a lot. Not a lot anymore. I mm. I, I I it's it, it, Note it, to self about Chris. Cheap, cheap. Well, no, no, it's not that I'm cheap. It's that I'm, it's that I'm very particular. Cheap people enough. always say that. It's not that mm. I'm cheap. But I'm just not cheap. I'm just Shit. I pay $20 to see something bad. But I, don't, but I don't have to see bad things. So yeah. there you go. Wow. Okay, now you got to explain why you haven't seen it. Because it, it, that's my entire childhood. Mm. I know. Yeah, that's like, why so I'm saying. Right. No, see, yeah, yeah it's mine I, too. That's why I'm like, if I've paid the money, I will have to watch it. And then it's like, if if and and, and if I don't, if it gets too much to me, then I want to turn it off. But I'm not going to be like, ah, you know. No, what? you're going to watch it. Fifteen dollars. That's like a whole hour and a half of therapy for fifteen dollars. Yeah. That you're getting away like cheap. Yeah. So. Look at it that way. <laughs> I, th- I thought it was. I saw it. I saw it twice, and I thought it was amazing. You know, what I mean? mm. it, it, it will. You know, I can't picture it, anybody it, else doing it but him too. So well, that's how yeah. good he is. I want to see the movie. Yeah. I really. He's. You know. I. He. They did something with his eyebrows, and I was yeah. like, God damn it! Dude. Like you know, it's funny because a lot of actors won't physically change like that. Mm-hmm. You know, but I noticed that he did that this year. And Charlize Theron has done something with her. I don't know oh, what she's done. What he's she's done it since Forrest well, Gump. Well, he does, all, he does it all the time. But right. it's interesting because I see Charlize Theron when she's playing Megyn Kelly in that movie right. Bombshell. Mm-hmm. She's done something where she doesn't look like her. She looks more like Megyn Kelly. She won an Oscar for Monster. I know. Yeah. I know. But, it, but it's rare. <laughs> for it's, doing but, that. But, but, yeah. it, but it's rare to see two big stars who, mm. who, are, who, are, who so push their face mm. to, Christian, to, to shift it up. A lot of people do Christian it. Christian Bale. Bale. I was thinking Bale, you know, these, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, it just reminds me. There was a in the in the Marlon Brando um, his his uh, autobiography. Mm-hmm. There's a photo of there's a page of all these photos of you know his face from like it's like twelve movies, mm-hmm. and literally he looks different in every movie. He like would do subtle changes to like his nose or his eyebrows or his you know whatever. This is before The Godfather when he was still young. Mm-hmm. He just wanted to be a little different. And and the thing is, you watch it, you go, oh, that's Marlon Brando. But when they throw all the photos together, you're like, oh, he like was actively not trying to be him, but still within his vein, but not be. Mm-hmm. I thought it was very interesting, you know? So it's interesting to see that obviously Charlize does and these other people, you know, it's a handful of people who do it, mm-hmm. but you know, when they do it, you know, like, a lot of those people back then were so, he was come from the theater. He was so trained. Yeah. He knew that he wanted to embody that probably. Yeah. You yeah. Know, interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. so we're all going to watch, you and I are going to watch, um, Mr. What's Mr. it called? Mr. Rogers' yeah. Neighborhood. Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood this yeah. weekend. Or Welcome to the Neighborhood. Was Welcome it? to the Neighborhood? Yeah, yeah something yeah. like that. Something I, like that. Yeah, I tried to go to the... Something with the neighborhood in it. <laughs> Would you be my neighbor? That's it. Would, Would you, you be, be my, my neighbor? neighbor? Isn't it on Netflix? Yeah. No. Yes. No. Is it? Yes. No. No. Is it? No, that's the doc. That's the doc. No, no, the Wait doc's on, on Netflix. Yeah, that's why I haven't Wait seen it all yet. Because it keeps showing up as Amazon Prime. is like, do you want to buy this? I was like, don't ask me to buy it. Why not? Oh, it's for free because I had to turn it off. No, yeah, it's it's, it's out. Is it this weekend is it come out? What is it? It's, it's, yeah, classic. It's, 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 it's would you be my? Like, yeah, it came out Thanksgiving. Would you be my neighbor? Hmm. I didn't see it on Thanksgiving. I only I me, saw I saw some fun stuff. Let's get back to something right quick. Yeah. Okay. Let's spend yeah. a couple minutes with this. Yeah. You originally came out with your book. I did. 
Um, After Sundance. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, the, um, the, um, the, the how to make how a, not, how to not to make, make a, a short film, Secrets from a Sundance Program. Let's talk about... What did, I know this is kind of old. You did it a while ago. and I know but I, there's an updated version. I did an audio one? version, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. in 2015. Um, okay, good. I'm not going to send people to do that. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Where did that come from and what made you... It's just getting tired of ask, being asked the same questions or getting tired of seeing the same films? Like, where did that come from? Well, you know, mm-hmm. it's... Um, I was... Up in the Bay Area with mm-hmm. a good friend, uh, Tiffany Schlein. Yeah. She's a great filmmaker, and she just wrote a book um, about Tech Shabbat, like huh. about turning off your phone for twenty four, literally mm. Friday night to Sunday, Saturday night. Really? Yeah, it's uh, two four six. It's called. It's, huh. it's great. She's great. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I had shown two of her shorts at Sundance, mm-hmm. and I was just up at her house, spending you know spending a couple of days up in the Bay Area, and we were having coffee. And that year that her short got into the festival, a mutual friend of ours short did not get in. Okay, and that happens every damn year. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, can't you all my friends work? Come on, and no programmer can, or wants to. And I so I was explaining to her why that person's project didn't get in from beginning to end like talking about the story the edit the casting the this that and she looked at me and she's like nobody knows what you just told me Mm. like everybody needs to know what you're saying they don't know it it's not being taught in film school Mm -hmm. you need to tell people this information Mm -hmm. share it like as somebody who's watched at that point whatever 15,000 short Mm -hmm. films or more plus a thousand features you Mm -hmm. know and I think that so I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a great idea, and I never thought about it again because I was because I was I, that was the year that I had left um, Sundance, and so I was just like figuring out what am I going to do for my career. Mm-hmm. And I get a phone call uh, from a nine one seven number, and that was mm-hmm. back before like you had that shit going to voicemail straight away on <laughs> your iPhone. And I I said hi, and it's Roberta, and he said hi, it's Jason Anthony. I'm from um, I'm an agent, literary agent in New York. And Tiffany Schlain told me that you're writing a book. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, what? That's hilarious. I was like, I am? He's like, that's what she said. And I was like, oh, well, I guess I am writing a book then. And then he I, he's amazing. You needed a little kick in your booty boot, didn't you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's an amazing agent. And we sold it to, at that time, Hyperion, ABC, mm-hmm. Disney. And now they sold to Hachette. Mm-hmm. And so when Hachette bought um, their library, they reached out to me and said, hey, do you want to do an audio book of your book? Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, if I can update it. <clears throat> you know, with like, mm-hmm. a, like more, you know, sort of contemporary <laughs> uh, information, additional information. Mm-hmm. And they were like, sure. And that's why, you know, when I, uh, when we, we were sitting here with our mics, I was like, the last time that I was sitting with a mic this close to my face was when I was recording this audio book in a room a quarter of the size of this room <laughs> by myself with the director in New York in one ear and that's the cute. tech, you know, down the hallway in the other. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. Yeah. It's a yeah. lot. And yeah. I, I'm not an actor, so I don't do voiceover. Mm-hmm. I don't have any of the experience of like going in and doing, you know. You, like, gotta do these, and you have to enunciate differently. I mean, you have to enunciate differently. Yeah, and yeah. like it's just a constant, like the director, like, hey, hey, Robert, I'm just going to drop to you. So, yeah. Um, we're hearing your tummy. And wow. like, we're, so if you can do that last part, uh, hey, Robert, we're hearing like the spit sound in your mouth. And are you swallowing? Or can you take a sip of tea? And can you bite into this green apple? Wow. And it's just like, Oh my fucking god! <laughs> I was like, "Oh my fucking god!" Yeah. Did you do the whole thing in one take? 
no 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 it was like over eight days okay. yeah, yeah. it's about it yeah. yeah it takes a lot you can't yeah. you can't do that for more than six hours mm-hmm. i think the first day i only lasted four hours mm. i was it's, like i mean mm-hmm. like like there's a book that i was doing that this is a book called brainwash that uh mm-hmm. Burrell, you know his name Burrell. he's that he he owned mm-hmm. an advertising agency the mm-hmm. first black advertising agency it's a really fascinating book um it's all about like uh, how he took he looks at racism in America mm-hmm. from the point of view as an advertiser by saying that oh this it was an advertising campaign to to damage black people mm-hmm. it's a great way to look at it and mm-hmm. you see all these how it works throughout the media and a friend of mine was like oh you know and he's like there's no audiobook of it I was like why not mm-hmm. he's like you should record you got a great voice so I was like okay I'll I'll give it a try and I like did the introduction and it's like hard because you like you know because you because you you read it and you're like and i'm listening to myself i was like damn it like i breathe wrong there and like i you know and i gotta like i'm going back and editing it and it's, really? you don't even know uh-huh. because when you play it back you hear all these little inconsistencies that don't bother people when you talk to mm-hmm. them but when you listen to an audio book you're like hey did none of that i was <laughs> just be clean. I just, yeah. I just taped myself yesterday doing the entire 20 minute pitch uh-huh. and i was like Oh, I sound fucking awful. Like on that one little part, blah, blah, yeah. blah. And I was like, I got to do it all over again tomorrow. <laughs> oh, my, yeah. It's, <clears throat> it's, it's bananas. Yeah. It's so crazy because you don't, and your brain also jumps in for you and reads a whole different sentence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, totally. a whole, like a completely different yeah. sentence. As the sentence that your brain wants to read as opposed to the sentence that's on the page. For sure. And I was like, wait. And there's that, like, hey, reporter, that's not what it says. I was like, yeah, it is. I wrote it. Hi. <laughs> fuck are you talking about but there was a lot of that i mean eventually i did get a little bit like listen if i had written i wrote anybody and now i'm saying somebody right. it's the same or anyone it's the same thing and they're like well do you want us to make that change and yeah make that change because that's what i said yeah it was it's a lot right thank you chris i'm so glad you've done it it's like I only did two chapters. I still want to do more. I, I like my friend was like, "You need to do more." I was like, "You have to send us Dude. the book name." I want. I need to read. I have like a whole list. Well, it'll right be now. in the show notes. It'll be shows, but it, it's, it's it's called brainwashed. Brainwashed. And it's, <clears throat> his last name is Burrell. Uh, he had this. He had a company called Burrell Communications. Yeah. Based out of Chicago it was the first uh-huh. black advertising agency. It opened up in the seventies. Mm-hmm. Um, Tom Burrell is his name. Tom Burrell. Tom Burrell. And this book called Brainwashed. Um, but yeah, it's just a. Uh, uh, I was just. Like you, you just—it's all these things you're talking about. You're making changes, and mm-hmm. I, I'm like, you know, and, and like you read the line four or five times. You're like, I didn't get it right, I didn't get it right, I didn't get it right, and, and then you start, you start ad libbing works that you're like, I, why, why am I ad libbing? <laughs> you start doing too why much. Why am I ad libbing when it's ri- written right? <laughs> it's there? written right there. <laughs> That's hilarious. But you can't. But you. But you're not used to like reading from a page. I'm not sure if, if, like, you know how, if, I think if you had a teleprompter, it might be a little easier, but I, I don't know if they gave it's you teleprompters. A, it's an iPad. So it's an iPad on a on a, on an easel yeah, that's, see, like, sort of right here. Yeah, mm. but you're still reading like mm-hmm. it's a, like, I think, you know, you've seen the guys when they, mm-hmm. the president speak, it's like. It's, a it's, teleprompter? Yeah, it's kind of like. Oh, and how they sexy, like, you yeah. can look here, now you can look here, you can do this. There's four words of no. lines, you can be a little easier, but that's. Not. Also, you're super lonely. That's <laughs> <laughs> like. I'm in this room by myself and they're like and the director is on the line you know saying you know everybody it's like you're having a conversation with somebody I'm like but I'm not I'm in a room <laughs> and I'm looking at the wall that is like four feet from me and I was like and I'm not an actor so it wasn't also I'm not trained to yeah. like just like yeah. I didn't even do like a little improv class or something I need to which do is, that which is why you will love 
um, the book he was telling you, Washington Black. Mm-hmm. The the voiceover is so good, as is the what the seven. Oh, uh, the history of seven killings, oh, which is God. this book. Uh, it's one of the best so the it, it, history like, of seven killings. Yeah, yeah, you need to read this. Oh God, his name is. Listen um, to it. I'm telling you. you listen to it. Um, <laughs> his name is uh, Marlon. I forget. He won the 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 Man Booker Prize mm. for, for this book. Um, and it's set in Jamaica in the 70s. Mm-hmm. And it's so fascinating because what he did is each one of these books where each chapter is told from someone else's point of view, right? Mm-hmm. And so he's got different actors to read to different p- people. And because they're oscillating from speaking like a British guy with that voice to someone who's speaking like the heavy Jamaican patois mm-hmm. and then like got who's really poor then not so poor and then so you get this you kind hear of, all the classes you, you hear, you hear all the classism and how how Jamaicans <clears throat> speak English mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it really immerses you in the thing and you gotta kind of focus because you're like what did he say because I had to rewind that know, thing so many and, times and, 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 <laughs> and, 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 and their slang see because like we're used to American slang or maybe British slang mm-hmm. as English, but we don't know all this this Jamaican slang. I do. I'm from you Toronto, so. and you just and you just kind <laughs> yeah. of like, what are they saying? And it's just it's really it's fascinating. Those are really yeah mm-hmm. yeah you got to read that or listen to that book. I'm gonna listen to that. Yeah, and I did. I, I I I'm definitely a reader, like paper reader. And but recently, I mean, I do do these road trips. So I drive from like L.A. to Toronto to mm-hmm. New York to like well, Northern Alberta to Toronto. Mm-hmm. Halifax, mm. or, yeah, to, to, from LA to Toronto. Mm. How many days does it take well, you to do that? Like a week, like five days. Wait, 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 six wait, so, days. So, it can so, take like ten days, depending on where you have mm. you stop. Yeah. What do you do? Like uh, go to New York and go across there, or do you go to 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 Detroit to Windsor? Yeah, Detroit. Okay. Sometimes to Buffalo, depending. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Okay. So I I listen to tons of podcasts. Again? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just pack up my little car or my big car and the little dogs and drive. Mm. So I le- so now I'm like so you have to like eventually once you're listening to podcasts you like if after about six hours you're like okay now I need to read just something stayed there. I'm not, so yeah, I'm getting it. Yeah, I got the well, audio. Whenever I drive, I'm listening to some podcast, whether it be mine or somebody else's. I would be in I'm jail always, if I didn't do that. Really. I think so. <laughs> wow. I think I think because she, she driving ninety five all the way. That's why these people heavy I'm foot. Hit, Roberto, I'm hit, let me hit them real quick because mm-hmm. they getting in my way. <laughs> oh, I didn't mean to hit you. It's just you know. No, no, no. I don't want to hit people like like people who are walking with my car. It's more pe- other people in other cars. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> mm. You just want to bump them out the way, right? Yeah, just, Excuse you know, me. Just, just push Get you off the road. Way. Can we just? Push <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm really lovely to pedestrians. I, I've lived in cities where it was a pedestrian for like years. But yeah, it's a road rage thing. But I was listening to a podcast. I don't know if you listen to Armchair Expert with uh, Dak Shepard mm-hmm. and Monica Padman and. Uh, he like just out of they were you know working with someone else, but he said you know with his road rage that he decided to break it down. Hmm. So like for for the first year he stopped getting out of the car, and I la- I laughed wow. so hard I had to hit pause. I laughed so hard. So and I was he, like he was getting out the car. Well, I <laughs> I get out of the car. Yeah, I'm a get out of the really? car person. Mm-hmm. I did not see that. Mm-hmm. Mm. I know it's the freckles. <laughs> I know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm about to check you out on Instagram and see. <laughs> Uh, Roberta, all the- <laughs> but I never no, I don't give the finger I definitely don't give the fingers I don't believe in that it's like I'm not gonna do something to you that I wouldn't do if you were standing there okay, okay. That's, that's my thing so, oops sorry 
I was trying to. Who's Christy? We love her. I don't know who that is. No, I don't know who that is. But probably my favorite show right now called Ear Hustle. It's about prisons in um, San Quentin. This guy started this thing in prison. It is fucking. He interviews all the guys in prison about their lives. I love that. that. I heard that. that. I heard that. Yeah. So they're letting them record podcasts. That's amazing. The warden and everybody's involved. But they had listened to it first before they put it out. Of course. Yeah. It's fucking brilliant. I just I'm addicted to it. I had to listen to it. Ear hustle. Yep. I have all kinds of notes from this podcast. Yep. Um, but Might anyway. learn something, girl. Yeah. So, <laughs> so when Dax admitted on the podcast that he gets out of the car, I was like, <laughs> "That's hilarious." I get out of the car. Like since I moved here, <laughs> like since I've moved here, it's like it's not something that just came up recently because we have, you know, the current administration. Everybody's so stressed. I'm like, no, this is like since 2001. Oh my god! I like will get out of the car, or I will block you with my car what? so that you can't go, and then I will get out of my car. Like it's a like it's a fucking like terrorist mafia. <laughs> <laughs> like, evil like, Sam, like, it's like yeah. block you with the car. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. wow! Wow! I know. I know. You know My husband does stupid rule. shit. Does I he? Drive. I don't like to drive with him, and he knows it. You know what he, Chris says? Chris is like, I'm like, how? I go. Do you remember? Like, how long was it? What, do you remember where we picked, found that place on like on the town? She's like, no, you were driving. I had my eyes closed. I'm like, fuck <laughs> you. <laughs> My, I, my husband does that thing. You know when you're driving down the freeway, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. You're on the two-lane road heading to like mm-hmm. Phoenix or Vegas. Sure, whatever. sure, sure. And there's a truck on the right side. Mm-hmm. And you're kind of close to the car. And then another car comes zooming around. They're trying to get in front of you. Mm-hmm. He'll speed up. I'm like, let the bitch go. No, I was here first. I'm like. Oh, see, I don't do that. That's really? Not, yeah, no. I'm an offensive driver, I but I don't do that. It of. drives me bananas. I'm not. A, I'm very patient. I'm like, oh. Oh, I'm not, I'm not, I didn't say patient. I'm very patient. Are you very patient? You little Miss Evil. I got the video. Yeah, but no, but now that's To me, driving is, to me, you know what? I had some really bad things happen to me when I was younger, when I was driving. So, um, I kind of just let everything go when I'm driving. Mm -hmm. Speeding one time, got caught. Mm. Uh, trying to get, you know, like, just like, you know, like I'm trying to get around a car, a truck or something Mm -hmm. like that, you know? big fine i was like oh man it was like uh you know it was happened in another state you know they're like you get to come if you want to come to court or pay this ticket yeah oh, no no they're like you they're like you have to, you have to come to court on this hmm. ticket and i was like but i don't even live in that state yeah you, gotta, you have to come to court <laughs> you have to send a lawyer then yeah, yeah. And i was like god damn it this is like then. a lot of money and i was like mm. i was in college i was like this is not cool right. you know and then one time i i i um uh i, I was in a blizzard and I was like, and I was trying to block someone to not, cause you know, like a, and I got kind of buffeted between like a, uh, a semi, mm-hmm. and then all that snow came up from the semi, mm-hmm. and then like it got stuck in my windshield. Yeah, and I was like, I can't see now. <laughs> and then next thing I know, I'm too close to the semi, and like mm-hmm. had to slam the brakes, and then I went off road, and <gasps> the really? car went down uh-huh. in the ditch. You know, I was really? like, you know what? I've done that like so many times. I get, I, but I, I feel you. I, I feel like, you. Uh, you know what? You know, it all, if I told you how much insurance I pay a oh year, my God. I mean, and you won't even get it together. Mm-mm. No, I the, no, but I, I mean every. <laughs> <laughs> Every year, no, you, but you this year is going to be different because I will tell you this: once I once I heard that somebody else gets out of the car, I was like, you know, Roberta, 
you don't need to get out of the car. Like that's not something that you need to do. You don't have fucking time to get out of the car. I don't exactly. know why you think you have all this fucking time you to be like pulling spot. and telling people what they need to be doing or not doing <laughs> in their cars. You know, like it's an ego. Right. It's like crazy mm-hmm. pants. Nonetheless, very New York. Yeah, but I think in the moment, all mm. I can think is like, you are putting my life in jeopardy. Or if the dogs are in the car, forget right. about it. If right. my dogs are in the car, yeah, you better like <laughs> come correct because yeah. I, I will kill you. But so, but what I realize is that I pay thousands of dollars a year <laughs> in insurance for like. I mean, I have a nice car, but it's not mm-hmm. it's not a Lamborghini. You know what right, I mean? Right. I pay thousands of dollars in insurance. I pay. Thousands of dollars a year in speeding tickets. Are you serious? Oh my God. You still Ask Chris. Keep getting them. Ask Chris. I mean, it's crazy. It's not crazy. It's just the way no, I drive. It's crazy. <laughs> it's, like, actually, it's not crazy. But you ain't learned your lesson yet. <laughs> but, I'm, right? but I always think, don't you remember initially when we were getting tickets for, um, they were putting up those signs, those digital signs that yes, said, yes. Um, you know, $175 for a texting and driving ticket mm-hmm. is, you know, it's not worth it. Mm-hmm. And the joke was like, you don't know if it's worth it. <laughs> <laughs> that might be worth it to me, $175. Yes, and then, you know, we get serious about it. It's like, it wouldn't be worth it if you killed somebody. Mm-hmm. So, but I get, I mean, I just, the last speeding ticket I got was um, on the 10, where I often get speeding tickets. <laughs> on the 10, in that fast, you know, the fast right. track lane. Because as soon you, as that- You didn't have a fast track? Of course did? I did, yeah. But as soon as it came out, I was like, what? Yeah, I'm getting that. <laughs> and, um, and I was going, you know, I'm usually- Going around ninety-five. Heavy foot Joe, what I tell you over mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. And but there was like nobody on the fast track. It was my per- own personal highway. <laughs> yeah, that's what it's for, though. That's what's it, right. Little and little. The, I feel and it is a little bit like Marie Antoinette, a little bit. You're a little like, entitled. That's all. Mm-hmm. Right. Like it is a little bit like. Well, you're paying <laughs> the money for the thing. Yes. Yeah. There's nobody there. There's nobody there. You and and the rest of the traffic in the in the regular is. You know molasses, so yeah. you might as well roll. Yeah, I mean, thank I you, do Chris. that. Thank you. I do that. Thank I might you. not go ninety-five. Down the carriage. I might go eighty-five. I don't know if I'm gonna go ninety-five. Yeah, eighty-five. Yeah, eighty-five, ninety-five. Oh well, okay. <laughs> While you're at it. I'm taking your car from you. You ain't allowed to drive no more. Listen, I know it's it's uh, it's a problem. So it's my problem. But what it, I think that what is finally occurring to me is that. Most people pay about a thousand, maybe twelve hundred dollars a month for my type of car mm-hmm. for insurance. I pay almost three times that, and it's not like I ever catch up because you know how like <laughs> I break it, like it breaks down. You know, after three years, it goes off your record. Right. Well, it doesn't matter if every year you're you getting a new one because then it's like on does that right. one from three years ago dropped off, but you still have this last. You know, it's like you the type of person get pulled over by the same cop, don't you? <laughs> the same cop going, Roberta. I seen you. You in danger, girl. I seen <laughs> you. Again. Okay, look. Again, my brother. Didn't we have this conversation? Mm-hmm. Slow your road. You know that was asking? Mm-hmm. How fast do you think you were going? Yeah, don't you hate that? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm like, wait a minute. How fast do I, I think, think I was going? I know I was speeding. It doesn't matter at this point. Yeah. It, does, it doesn't matter at this point. Unless yeah. I'm going 50 miles over the limit. Yeah. Then, you know. I always say, like, well, it doesn't matter how much. How much I think how fast I was going. How fast was I going? Like how fast do you think and your machinery think that I was going? Because I had, you know, or I sometimes will try and lie. Like no, no, I had it on cruise control. Couldn't have been going that fast. They're like, well, that's what the reading is saying. Like, it was wow. funny. Like remember back in the day, yes, audience, we're talking about. I know. I know. <laughs> but there's there's some game in this. this there a, might be a this story. This is the last thing. Remember back in the day, they used to have those um. 
There's a radar. Remember they said the radar detectors in the mm-hmm. 90s? Then yeah, they still have that, don't they? they? No, because they use laser now. Oh, the oh. little red dot. Yeah, they use yeah. the lasers. Like before, they would use the radar detector, right. and the, and the, it would click. They were clocked. The minute you got it, you got to go by them, right? No, no. I'm, I'm saying the detector that, that that you put in your car to to you know like, like oh, if you're speeding. Oh, I got to slow down now. Mm-hmm. You know, but now you can't do that because they use a laser to catch you. So mm-hmm. you so you there's no way to deflect that. But mm-hmm. uh, I just remember old technology oh. that we don't have anymore. Because I don't see anyone who has that. I'm like, well, it doesn't help. So doesn't help. <laughs> I follow people who are driving really fast. Mm-hmm. That's my new strategy. That's the trick. That's the trick. <laughs> so you're going to be strategy. last still. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're going to get you first. Yeah, they're like, they going to get you because you're the last one behind them. No, then I like, then I argue. I'm like, no, I, I can tell you, like, this is flow of traffic. Because remember, this is LA too. Because <laughs> right. that can be like, can be your argument in court. Flow of traffic. Somebody would have died had I not been going 95 because the person behind I mean, me and in front of me was going 95. 95. Yeah. Yeah, you got argue, bad yeah. influence. <laughs> you, you, you could argue that. You, you can argue, argue that. Anyway, yeah. so. I'm not gonna jinx it. I've been here since '96. I think I've had one ticket. What? One. Speed wow. Ticket? It, was, it was probably because I was driving 45 on a 35 or something like going down Wilshire or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And, Wilshire. And, and it was probably 15 years ago, maybe. And. The only ticket I've got is because, you know me, I turn my music up loud, so I always got my reggae, my ska music blasting or something. Mm-hmm. So somebody pulled me over. I was on Santa Monica Boulevard, and I got a, a noise control ticket or some bullshit. What? What? I got two of them by the same cop. What? So I, yeah, I still keep my music up loud, so I ain't learned nothing either. But <laughs> somehow, luckily, that was... 15 years ago. I haven't had a ticket in 15 years. I've had one. The last one I got was maybe 10 years ago for I rolled a stop sign. But I but I argued out of it. Hmm. I, you know what? I, I, you know, you know how you kind of like push the date, you know, and then I did all these kind of um, <laughs> the diagrams and the photographs <laughs> and, yeah. and, I, and I went to court because what <laughs> happened. This he, is you, isn't see, it? This is you. Uh, oh, I walk in with my manila see, folder. Let me tell you. I did roll the stop sign, mm-hmm. but the however, co- but the cop the couldn't. The cop couldn't see, have seen me roll the stop sign mm-hmm. because it was one of those stop signs where it was a two lane thing. Mm-hmm. And what happened is, is that we both hit at the same time, and and I, you know, like turned. So he saw me turning, and he didn't. He didn't think that I stopped. And what I did is I said, no, I stopped. You just didn't see me because there's another car blocking the mm-hmm. vision. Because I, because I was, you know, was riding the boom, just kept. And he was like, oh, you just rolled that. I was like, no, 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 no. And then I went out and took the photographs and mm-hmm. like said how to the, the judge. I was like, see, there's two, there's two lanes here. <laughs> he was here. I can see David. You know, he could have, I had to hold easel up because I could see. One time I was in court before for something else, and I saw someone do that. I was like, <laughs> oh, they really like mm-hmm. know how to battle. If they, you can battle smartly. If you, you know, because what are they gonna do? You know, I was like, well, I'm. So walk in, Johnny Cochran. That yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, so that, that's that's. Yeah. So Roberta, yes, what's dear. up? What's next for you? I know you're starting to talk about your new pilot with with Chris and Torres and them. What else you got coming on? Um, what else do I have? I am <laughs> working on. So I'm working on the pilot on detox. Mm-hmm. I'm working on this podcast, which I'm in love with. Awesome. Mm-hmm. When you when you gonna come out? 2020. Um. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think if um, my producer Christine Torres had mm-hmm. her way, it would be like next week. But. I would like to. Uh, I would like to say it probably be like mid January, late January. That's yeah. that's the goal. Awesome. Maybe a lofty goal. Month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <clears throat> yeah, maybe do a focus on that. And 
I am working with Yvette Vargas mm-hmm. at Writers Room Fifty Fifty, mm-hmm. helping her realize her vision. I mean, she's you know a rock star. I feel mm-hmm. super mm-hmm. excited and mm-hmm. blessed. And um, so there's an anthology, a uh, horror anthology mm-hmm. workshop, mm-hmm. as well as you know the directing workshop, the pitch workshop. I took her pitch workshop. Oh, that's oh, how we met. That's why I heard your name oh, again. Oh, that's oh, why. Oh, oh that's yeah. I knew it. Okay. I knew it. Right. Oh, there right. you go. Yeah. So I, uh, I took her because you know mm-hmm. if you, I have judged pitches. I have given awards for mm-hmm. pitches. I have done, but I've never personally had to pitch a television show mm-hmm. other than the way that I just pitch, mm-hmm. you know, stuff just naturally. Mm-hmm. But in terms of like when you say that you recorded yourself for twenty mm-hmm. minutes for your pitch. I mean, learning all this stuff, I could not believe how much of a loser I felt like in that first class. I'm telling you, I was like, what? All this stuff. Yeah, because I mean, it's very specific and there's an art, not just an art um, to it, but there's, you know, a Format. It's a format, not a formula. It's mm-hmm. a format that you follow. I mean, like I tell people, I've said this before in a podcast, but I do a lot when I'm practicing it is that I'll do like 20 push-ups between between times before I do it mm-hmm. because then I'm out of breath, right? Mm. And I'm going <sighs> to, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm out of breath and then I practice it because it helps me, it gets my body physically like if I'm nervous, mm. you know, and I'm like, oh, okay. And, and, I keep hitting this, sorry. You know, so, so that way I'm prepared for when, you know, because there's maybe like all these people in suits looking at you and, and you're going to get anxious. And when you're anxious, your your heart rate goes up and everything like that. And I was like, how can I... Uh, uh, Not to mention, he gets excited. He starts talking really fast. I start fast. really fast, too. So, yeah. so And so uh-huh. I, I was like, how can I force my body to feel that way physiologically without having to... I mean, cause, cause without I, Valium or... No, but what I'm saying is, is that, you know, like, I can't... Uh, I can't mimic those conditions on my own. I right? love that you when do that, though. So I love that yeah. you like. And, and so then I'm like. So then you're creating body memory. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I'm like, okay. So now if I'm breathing heavy, then I'm like, I know to take. Then I slow down and take deeper breaths and speak slower because I'm trying to like not go. Mm-hmm. You know, because if you sit there and, and you do twenty and then you go through it and keep doing it, then it's like then you. you know, I smoke a pack of cigarettes well, a day if I did twenty. That's the thing, you know. You're like, wow, that's a lot for me to do, you know. Or yeah. you know, I, I like that idea though. Yeah. To like expect, like exhaust yourself physically, mm-hmm. and which will help you really focus mm-hmm. on yeah. bringing your yeah because back the, to because one. you get there and you're like I love that idea. It doesn't matter how much you know it. It's just like we're telling you about directing. It's like it doesn't matter how much you know it. When you get there, you have to be able to like say yeah. I got to wing it because because the worst thing you want to do when you're pitching is wing it. Well, is to wing it. You don't want to do that, but you also don't want to be so like ma- like married to what you are because you got to be able to read the room. Uh-huh. So if you're like, okay, they get this, so now let me just jump. I can mm-hmm. jump, and that's mm-hmm. uh, happens through the practice. That's yeah. why I practice so much. Mm-hmm. And then it's like the what are these other things that I do to mm-hmm. get like like body condition wise. So I'm not. And that's what I've thrown. been doing is sometimes what you write on the page sounds good but when you say it it doesn't sound good so i'm like changing the answer oh i kind of already said that again right Mm -hmm. there and then i come back when i talk about what happens in season one i kind of reiterate again what happens again like i did it three times Mm -hmm. do i need to do it i think they got it cut that you know what i mean Mm -hmm. you start to you start Mm -hmm. to sing but if you hear it you go oh yeah why did i say yeah i said that again oh yeah oh i'm repeating that and oh i'm taking that 
take out that, take out that, take out that. And it starts to go like this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You go from nine pages to eight pages to seven pages. Mm-hmm. Like, ooh, now it's tight. Now it's clean. Yeah. You know what mm-hmm. I mean, because, yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> the thing I usually do when I'm pitching is that I will develop this. It's all, it's all bullet points. Like, mm. like yeah, mine is all bullet points. Uh, uh, is it? Yes, yeah, I mean, like it's mm. a, it's a, I mean, you know, the sentence the sentence structure it it might be full sentences still, but it'll be like half the sentences on one bullet point has some is another bullet point, and I'm so that oh. way, so that so that way. I like, need to go with you guys, yeah, because I think with ah. Mm-hmm. Because the thing about that is, is that if I have the paper out. Then I can like jump to a you know the bullet points mm-hmm. are easier to read. I love to that. Follow, you know, and plus you can jump around stuff, and and then if you know it really well, then you don't even need to look at the bullet the page. You just start talking and talking like we're talking now. And then I just glance down and go, where was I? You know, as opposed to like if it's just straight text or whatever it is, you uh-huh. you have to like kind of like follow it. So to me, it's all about trying to like because I remember reading. I remember I was at this <laughs> pitch thing. And this executive says something really fascinating to me. And I was like, oh, that's such a great analogy. She was like, look, when people come in and pitch and they are totally off book, I get scared as the executive. Yeah, I agree. And she was like, it's just kind of like if you go into a restaurant and the waiter doesn't and the, and the waiter is not taking down notes. <laughs> yeah, when you're like having exactly. like 17 different things exactly. different about and what they you're ordering. always get something wrong. You know, like, they yeah. get it wrong and then you, and, and, and you are nervous. You're like, why aren't you taking notes about what everyone's saying? And, mm-hmm. she, and she was like, it's, that's how it feels with the ex- to the executive right. if you don't have the, no- if you don't have something in front of you. And, and, and if you know it cold, it kind of like, it puts them at ease. You Let know? me tell you something that I'm doing tomorrow for the first time. This little switch in the in the pitch. We are going in early, setting up the computers. We have two different computers, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. I actually am reading my pitch on my. Can I buy these candy bars? Please eat. I got a bunch of. Them. <laughs> Thank you. My laptop is open, right? Just mm-hmm. as it is now, like you saw. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I mean, I'm pitching. I'm doing the whole thing, just referencing back and forth whenever I need to. But at the same time, when I started, I hit my button on my phone that has my little JL, JPL, whatever that thing is, uh-huh. on my thing, and the music starts. Mm-hmm. So it's playing to music at the same time. Mm-hmm. Is that you or me? Uh. Oh. Y'all see what Roberta did? She knew good as well. She was doing a podcast. Mm-hmm. She come in, let her phone be on. <laughs> you know, black <laughs> folks can't take them nowhere. <laughs> She thinks she had a little Ray Ray house, you know, just gonna have a phone on. <laughs> it's probably time to move your car. Um, <laughs> so okay. sorry, that was okay. my, that was my alarm to tell me about my <laughs> to move carpet. your car. Wasn't it? <laughs> exactly. I'll, I'll keep cares? it short. So stupid. So anyway, sorry. so I play. I play when I do the pitch. Each and every chapter, I have another song mm. that plays over and on the screen mm. is the image from the deck. So they see the deck and they hear me talking. It's 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 a whole show. And there's music. And there's music playing up under the whole thing. It just uh, keeps it. It moving. feels a certain way, and that's how Selwyn always sells the show. So I'm like, I'm following Selwyn shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, I, I mean <clears throat> that's how that's how my brother and I sold our 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 first thing. We sold. We were doing this pitch, and we it was there was there was uh, it was um, there was music involved in it. Right. And so that's what we did. Like we came in with music. To like you know we would play it at certain times and play it low and then you know yep. and we can control when it's yeah, on. I'll fade off. it out as you I know, keep. It's not yeah. playing the entire yeah. time. It's yeah. just like maybe the beginning, the first few verses, yeah, yeah, and then yeah, I'll start yeah, the, yeah, I mean mm-hmm. when we were doing this is like 15 years ago. Like there wasn't 
it wasn't as easy as it is now with like the computers right. and stuff. I mean, I you had think, to bring a boom box. Yeah, in, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> the yeah. big one. Let, no, let, we actually brought one because Daddy because box. it was like right, <laughs> like like iPods. I think it just come out, and you kind of forget what it was like before that. But um, yeah, I mean, like that's the thing about certain pitches is that there's a present there's a presentation quality to it. Mm. Uh, I'm sorry, there's a performance quality to it that mm -hmm. you have to do. But there's also why I like having the paper there and even I don't need to reference it because I feel like it's just kind of like if you go to an audition and it's like, you know, mm -hmm. the people in the audition kind of mm -hmm. feel a little more comfortable if you're, if you're, if, if you're, you can be off book, but just hold it there. And, you have the sides in your pocket yeah. or in your hand. Well, Somewhere. And, and, then the, Somewhere. And, and then the director and everyone feels like, Oh, they're just like doing it. This is not like the thing I'm going to get. This is just because that's the one thing about a pitch is the pitch is not the show. Right. You mm -hmm. know, it's just like, hey, buy the show and mm -hmm. then I'll be cooler when you are, <laughs> yeah. are paying me. Yeah. So, but so, yeah, this, I, I don't know. There's all these games. I mean, I remember reading um, uh, there's one of these, there's a book called Presenting to Win that I read about how to pitch. Mm -hmm. this, and then uh, uh, there's, there's all these things. It's because it's you're selling, right? It's mainly selling. And you're selling you. And I mean, if I learned anything, yeah, you're selling you. In Yvette's workshop, it was that. Yeah. You're selling you. Well, that, well, like, that, well that, that's the only reason why they're going to buy the show. I kind of feel like, you know, Unless you're like Dick Wolf and you're selling the next Chicago, whatever mm -hmm. it is, mm -hmm. they need to know like why your version of a show they've probably heard ten times. Why are you? Um, why this show yeah, and you? Yeah, what's, the, you? what's the version? And it's basically you know it's 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 your take on it, and yeah. that's from me. Like like what do I have to go to this? I mean, there's, obviously there's some things that are like extra unique that no one else has brought in, mm -hmm. but those are very rare and because this the nature of television is like they're not trying to sell things that no one's seen before i mean you you know what i'm saying like you, that's why there's so many cop shows so, i mean there's so many lawyer shows there's cop shows from every different hospital kind of, shows, hospital shows, shows. So yeah, i mean it doesn't matter if you're doing a cop show from sweden to new york to whatever it is it's ultimately a cop show so they're familiar with that you know you're not <clears> doing a show about uh, I, I mean, like it's hard. It's hard mm -hmm. to find something that someone hasn't done up, you know. And if not, they've heard it yeah. because someone's trying to do that. And then well, we have to we have to have her back. I don't want you to get ticket. So oh yeah 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 no. <laughs> oh yeah Why? she don't care. There's just another ticket out of her seven <laughs> she gonna get this year. <laughs> you know I don't usually get parking tickets though. That's true. <laughs> I park. I'm a pretty smart parker. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know what I will I will say uh as a as a closing statement is that. What I learned the most about pitching and about pitching, I mean, because you're pitching yourself, mm -hmm. obviously, and the show is that every it's like a little bit opposite day for me because there's like, you know, it's like practice the show like you're having a conversation with somebody across the table and you because you will be with executives mm. where for me, my brain thinks talk like you would talk to someone that you've known for 20 years. Mm. And my brain does not click over to this person doesn't know who you are. This person, you know. So I like when we. So at the end of the six weeks, you know, you're, you mm -hmm. practice your real pitch um, with an executive that you know, one of Yvette's many hundreds of friends yeah. that she brought in, and 
she I said to her afterwards, I was like, okay, so where did I like totally fuck it up? And she said, you didn't. She said, but you are like beautiful Roberta with this like warm, kind, interesting. <laughs> you want to share everything. You are so there and people like love listening to you, but you can't tell when the pilot ends and the season begins and there's no discern, you know, discerning mm. between you're telling a story about mm. this people and this mm-hmm. world and this, she said, and that's great, but you've got to like follow some of the format. And then once you've done the format, you can go out and mm-hmm. be that warm, amazing Roberta who, you mm-hmm. know, wants to connect with you. So that was, yeah. it was a really important, important thing to learn. It's important to come out of there learning you something. Have to, well, the, the piggyback on that is because you got to know, you have to tell them those things because they need to know that you know where the breaks are what the pilot is mm-hmm. this is how i'm going to break it this is how the season's going to break these are like like in a sense because because usually you never <laughs> pitch into one person they get an assistant there the assistant's taking notes and the assistant is he's essentially checking the boxes mm-hmm. did they tell the pilot did they tell the characters did mm-hmm. they tell like why now did they tell what this next season is did they mm-hmm. tell why this personal to them mm-hmm. and they're kind of like doing that and the executive is, is is into you but then you go back and check to, they're gonna check afterwards hey so what so what was this about mm-hmm. and well you know he never said that or she never said that it was hard to tell because she just was, told the whole season it was, like it was anyway. hard to tell yeah. and then at that point then those they always think they're worse and then we go does Roberta know when to break the pipe you know, they'll say that to themselves like she probably doesn't know that you know oh that's uh, maybe not I mean like in their head they'll be thinking yeah, that so absolutely. yeah yeah awesome are you on uh, Twitter or Instagram can people follow you the canon it's my name Roberta Monroe with a U um, M-U-N-R-O-E right so it's at Roberta Monroe on Twitter, on uh, Instagram. And I'm like, you know, weaning myself off of Facebook. So, mm-hmm. but I did join um, MeWe. Is that the new mm-hmm. one? I heard of that one. It's kind of cute. I mean, it looks cool. Mm-hmm. And so I'm on there as Roberta Monroe. Okay. Um, but on Facebook, you can find like how not to make a short film. You can find Detox Show and you can find me. Awesome. Cool. Where you at, Chris Derrick? <clears throat> uh, unauthorized CBD on Twitter and Instagram. And I'm the host, Hilliard Guest. You guys can find me on Twitter at Hilliard Guest. You guys can follow the show, Screenwriters RR on Twitter. <clears throat> Any questions, screenwritersrentroom at gmail.com. Please go on iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcast. What's the other one you know? Oh, we're on Spotify. We're, we're on Spotify. Spotify. Let's forget about that. Yeah. Spotify, all that shit. Amazing. Um, <laughs> I love it. And, uh, you know, you guys can uh, follow the show there, um, share it, post it, all that bullshit. Um, <laughs> go to the website yes, go to the you website. know support us on the Patreon page uh, if you don't do the Patreon page there'll be a link on there at this one about how just to follow like a monthly thing like like through the Spotify thing so there's t-shirts t-shirts you can get t-shirts there's more t-shirts up there now that mm-hmm. I, I switched the rent room t-shirt mm-hmm. to there so it's cheaper now too sure. um, it's, it's not $20 $30 it's maybe 16 now so people Good. can get that uh, just a few more colors um, so there's things that you know, you know, because we want to go to the Comic Con, <laughs> <laughs> which we, yeah. which, which I do a live show at Comic Con cool. this year, and we, yeah, and we a, need more. There's money a black to go. group that wants us to do it there. So, cool, yeah, it'd be awesome. Um, cool, that's what's going on. A um, lot of good shit. A lot of good shit happened. A lot of good shit happened. I'm not even gonna put it out there. Uh, I'm trying to think. Anything else I want to say? Damn it. Oh, is that you? 
No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually, I'm texting with one of the producers now about a bunch of butts. Uh, uh, anyway, um, so thank you again, Roberta. This was awesome. It was. Having you. It's very awesome. See, it wasn't bad, was it? We thank just you. Had no, no, I loved it. No, I loved it. Thank you so awesome. much. You guys are wonderful. Big shout out to Big big Bro Carl again. We yes, appreciate thank you, man. Carl. Carl Seaton. We love you, Carl. Yes, we do. When did you coming back on, Carl? Mm-hmm. I know, he ain't got no You better job. call people, <laughs> tell nothing. people what's up. <laughs> Jesus. So I'll be sleeping right now exactly. with a big beard on. He's just yeah. He's just he's just hopping to baby shower to baby exactly. shower. Yeah. Well, it's Friday tomorrow, so he'll be in a suit, I'm sure. Yes, if he's working, getting yes. ready to shoot some yes. bullshit. Here's the thing about Carl. I'm going to tell you this: next time you're in Chicago and you're wearing a suit, if you don't have spats on, wow. you're not doing it. Wow, you're just not. Doing you're going back to the spats. <laughs> Damn. Anyway, gentlemen, with me, y'all know how we do it on the rant room. On this show, we keep it real, we keep it opinionated, we keep it what, Chris? Wakanda, Wakanda forever. Peace, y'all. I'ma say what I feel, and I promise to keep it real. Welcome to the rant room. Well, you gotta be a rider Till your fears are diminishing The doubts are behind ya It's hard to grind in the business Got me stressed in the rent room We let that shit up off our chest You know the street nerd Has got no time for no caca Sass in class Yes, that's Mr. Bolakaja Never have to guess When you're listening to Hilliard He gon' bring more game Than a shark playing billiards It's all about the crap And screenwriting It's exciting when you turn her out